Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T-52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. All right, boys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, Fabrica 5. Oh, yeah. It's a handcrafted and artisan story with the strong foundation of Rob Isla from Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame with Hamlet Paredes, Master Blender, and Cuban Cigar Legend. Love you, Rob. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners, they can get 10% off Con Anazo 5-packs and 25-count bundles starting right now. Using code LIZARDN6. That's coupon code LIZARDN6. What is Carlos Anzo says it? <laughs> <laughs> you can get worldwide free shipping as well on all orders over $125 US. The website is Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. That's right. The more you buy, the more you save. Exactly. And it's important to note, boys, the Cononazo is the same size. Siglo 6. Siglo 6. Can't wait exactly, to try it. From Cohibo. Oh, yeah. These cigars are crafted and refined by feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the FOH community, and customers. That's How hard-nosed you. were you on that tasting yeah. panel? <laughs> yeah. I was pretty hard-nosed. You know, you are an elite insider. <laughs> Right. Did, did you retrohale? I just want to make sure you did. You can literally jump on the FOH forum right now and post detailed reviews that go straight to the powers that be. And you can tell Gizmo every <laughs> note that you got that he didn't Correct. from the retrohale. And Gizmo likes to get calls at 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Be part- <laughs> Become part of the FOH community today. Fabrica 5 is direct from the farm in Honduras to your hand, and they ship out of Miami, so there's no customs nightmare, which is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Pagoda, you're safe. (laughs) Fair enough, you know. (laughs) Again, use code LIZARDN6, all one word, no space, for 10% off Cononazo, five packs, and 25-count bundles starting right now at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. Free shipping on orders over $125 U.S. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some Cuban rum, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 76th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We resume the recap of our trip to Cuba this week, focused on our visit to El Liguito, the home of Cohiba and the Mecca of Cuban cigars. We do our deepest dive ever on blending, sourcing, and rolling tobacco from our time with the production manager of El Liguito, and the guy surprised me for my birthday, all among a variety of other things for the next two hours. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair 20-year-aged Santiago de Cuba rum with Ramon Ionis, Ionis number 2, EL 2019. An EL from Ramon Ionis out of Cuba tonight on the pod, the 2019 Edición Limitada, called the Ionis number 2. The factory name is a Campanas. 
and it is 52 ring gauge by five and a half inches long. So I've uh, I've had one of these in my tower. What senator for two years now? You gave me out of this box. Yeah, and you said do not smoke it. Mm. It was not ready. Mm. And here we are in 2023. This is a beautiful cigar. I'm ready to try this thing I mean, finally. The, I've some... been staring at this. This has made it from my desktop humidor <laughs> to my Tupperware <laughs> to my Remington that Lizard Sean now has. You probably ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's in the vault. And now it's in my hand, and I'm very excited to try this. Yeah, so. so am I. So this is uh, very exciting tonight. The comes PL. in a beautiful box. The, yeah, the beautiful box. green box. Awesome. Green. Yeah, it's honestly one of like the nicest design. So cool, Cuban cigar boxes probably ever made. Very yeah. cool. That's wow. what sold me. I mean, I saw the box in Ramon Iones. So I was like, I have to get these. What's <laughs> cool is it's not a. F- so it's a really nice. It's an it's ornate yeah. semi-boyd nature box, which is I guess painted with mm-hmm. a matte green. Yeah, finish forest, forest green color. Forest green, yeah. and it has like a weird kind of ridge on the top uh, middle of it. It's really really nice presentation. Yeah, for this. and the language on it's embossed gold. Really beautiful. Yeah. Careful, there's sticks in there. Oh, so yeah. they don't move. I'll leave it right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, hold on to that for I will. Uh, so it comes in, yeah, in a nice 10 count box. It's all it comes in. Uh, and I'm very excited to do this tonight, boys. So yeah. uh, let's cut this thing, see what we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. What did you say, Giz, about us doing limitadas? And this was the last this one. This is the last one. <laughs> I was getting there. Yeah. So we, uh, there were three uh, Edition limitadas from Cuba announced in 2019. The uh, Caidorce Senadores, the Monte Cristo Supremos that we got from Mile High Cigar Guy. And this rounds out the trio from Ramon Ionis tonight. So we've done, this is now the third of three. Cold uh, draw is fantastic. It's good. Awesome. A little fruit. A, it's a hint of graham cracker for mm. me. And cedar. What a great draw. I'm getting the fruit for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm. My draw is much better now. Mm. It's so, almost, yeah, this is the third of three. Yeah. So this is the first time we've completed a series of uh, ELs, which we probably won't get used to doing because they're so damn expensive now. Yeah, that's for sure. How much a, How much are sin. these? Now, they're, I don't... They're 50 a stick. Oof. And how much did you wow. pay for them when you got them three probably years ago? Probably... 30, 35. 30. 30? Wow. Was it 350? I, 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 I bought two boxes and got a discount uh, by buying two. Yeah. Wow. I, I think we're in for a luxurious experience here. Well, I'm very excited, boys. All right, let's light this thing. So again, this is the Ramon Ionis Edición Limitada from 2019, the Ionis number two. It's a Campanas, a pyramid, 52 ring gauge by five and a half inches long, completing the trio of Edición Limitadas on the podcast from 2019 out of Cuba. What's interesting, it's it's unlike the RAS that's very toothy. Yep. It's this is a beautiful, elegant wrapper, very smooth, almost glistening. I'm curious to see if this is even in the same family, yeah, as the Ras, yeah, because that is such a beloved cigar in this group. Oh yeah, I would say maybe other. I I don't know. Out of Cuba, this may be the cigar that gets the the, the Ras may be the cigar that gets smoked the most. I agree. Out of it almost ha- all Cuban cigars that we smoke here uh, in the Lizards, we've discussed it. You know, it's got so much utility. Yep. Oh, wow. That's delicious on the light. That's really nice. Oh, dude. That's really nice. Oh, that's so good. I was hoping that we were going to have some luck because that uh, that Hoyo we had a couple weeks ago was such a dud that we need to to redeem ourselves tonight. 
this is an eye opener. Yeah. I told you, I've been waiting. This is the thing. <laughs> Look, we love Ramon Ionis. The do. box was a reason alone to buy it. But when you try this fresh, when these first came out, you know immediately you should not smoke them. I think Pooba actually told me he like blew through all of his and was disappointed. I've patiently waited. I lit one of these up recently. Dramatically different experience. I think with even more age, it's only going to get better, but these are starting to really smoke well. Okay, so the problem I'm having is that this is so good. You got to slow down. I can't slow down with this thing. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, well, what's good is Senator has more, so you can just smoke a second. Well, the no. box is right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> you just have another one tonight. So th this has really improved. So I too got a box when Pooba got his. How long ago and was that? So we were still members at the uh, at the other place. Okay, that's a long time. Um, so what? Three years. Three, three to four, four years. years ago. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really enjoy it when we first got them. They, mm. they nothing like this. They were mild, honestly, when we first yeah. got them. There wasn't a ton of flavor, but the notes that I was picking up. You know, when we talk about a cigar previews, preview, yeah, it previewed. Like I knew if I could just tuck them away and not look at them and even try to pick them up for a few years, they'd get better. And it's this is starting to hit its stride. So, Senator, you had one out of your box and you put it away. No, because I was giving them out and stuff. Like these? people really want the yeah. Just I mean, I gave wow. one to Giz, okay. a couple of other friends, um, right. to other aficionados. At least yes. I would appreciate yeah. it. Close sure. friends, yeah. And really I told all of them. When I told <laughs> Giz, don't smoke it. He now. did. Hold it. He just said, just look at it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just just look at it. Don't smoke it. Rooster, how many did you have out of your box um, initially? I I must have gone through at least four. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then you I'm, I'm sure I, yeah. I don't know if I gave one or two out to somebody, but I remember smoking like two mm. and they, you know, I, I, I had like one kind of right away and then I waited like another, maybe a year or so. Yeah. And it still wasn't there, but I think this is the best version of this cigar that I'm, that, you know, that I'm having right now. The draw is wide open. It, yeah. The combustion is beautiful. And this is a really yeah, packed aroma's cigar. Very nice. It's a nice aroma. A nice aroma. There's a lot of tobacco in this cigar. Oh, it's yeah. packed. It's it's dense. It's a heavy cigar. And on the line, if you yeah, take your smoke, it's great. delicious. It has almost like a like a it's like a floral, like muddiness. a potpourri floral yeah. thing. I wasn't getting any floral notes out of this in the beginning mm. when yeah. you first got like, them. First got them like a few years ago. So what you're talking about the floral notes? You may remember this the the infamous uh, caviar night at my place. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Well, that. I know you don't remember it. <laughs> Some of us remember it. The plumber, the plumber had to come after you were done. <laughs> my, okay. my, my sink remembers it. But that night, the first cigar I lit when we uh, when I savored the champagne and we started with champagne, the first cigar I lit was this cigar, and I got some of those floral notes. And with champagne, it worked wonderfully. Now the oh, yeah. funny thing is, you fast forward a few years later, this now has picked up so much more strength than it had back then that this. I wouldn't say it is a perfect pairing with champagne like it was at that time, but that's the beauty of like how these cigars change in flavor profile and strength and all those things. And I'm glad we're pairing this with rum now because it can actually hold up to it. A special rum to boot. Yeah. Yeah. This this cigar has it does have that Ramon DNA. Yeah. It it, it you could tell this is like the either the older brother or the older Absolutely. cousin. Yeah. Older cousin of the Ras. And it's almost like a Ras on steroids a little bit. A bit. Which I'm really enjoying. And the yeah. floral thing that's coming in here that I don't get much on the RAS is a really nice compliment to that flavor profile, sure. I think. Agreed. You Agreed. Know? Very accurate. 
So what are you guys getting as far as flavor notes go? Because this is really an interesting flavor thing for me. Um, we talked about floral. If you do take a moment to retrohale, I don't think any, everyone in this room does that. But if you do, you get a ton of fruit. And it's honestly, don't laugh. It's banana forward for me. Banana. It's crazy. Mm. Now, it may not be banana, but that's kind of what I'm getting. Um, graham cracker and a lot of cedar for me. And a little spice. Not yet for me. I'm getting a little bit of spice, which I'm really enjoying. I just pushed it through my nose. I definitely got some baking spice yeah. there. Oh, baking spice, sure. Yeah. 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 Not peppery. No, well, not pepper. N- no. I'm sorry. Not pepper. Right. More like a baking spice. Agreed. Like a cinnamon or something like that. I'm mostly with you. I get, I get dried fruit. I get a little floral. I get a little nuttiness in this. I yep. haven't heard yet, but I think it's yeah. definitely. I there. was just gonna say that. Yeah, it's and almost then, like a like a is it like an like not not an almond like a walnut a walnut, walnut that's maybe walnut. yes yes yeah. yes walnut and then a little bit of spice on the finish. Yeah, well, some sophisticated palates in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Very sophisticated. <laughs> Very civilized. How are you how are you finding it, Fagona? I'm loving it, man. I like you know the way I look at it is. The way I don't know, I felt it was like rice and steroids, but with a little bit more tobaccoish smokiness, mm. which is what I kind of like. Mm. So I think it, it's like getting into my flavor profile with a little bit of what I like in the rice. It it definitely has chutzpah, it, and it's got great body. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's firmly medium, though. Oh, I agreed. It's not. It's not a full cigar or even medium full, but it has a lot of flavor. But it's it's. Kind of just even, it's just chilling. I bet it ramps up as you get through it. Yeah, I'm guessing. I hope so. It's medium. Yeah, it's definitely body. It's body. There's body though. That's the thing. Like, it's like very, very firmly medium. Like most cigars, when we say they're medium, um, I think are a little have a little less body than Mm -hmm. this does. This is like, yep, just saying, (laughs) buckle up. I'm I'm gonna get full. (laughs) I'm here, baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So. There is a Ramon uh, EL that 2011. That yes, I've had a couple with the white few. with yeah, the old with the school label. Green. Yeah, so that cigar reminds me of this cigar will be in like another yeah five or eight years, eight years. Wow. Yeah, like yeah. same flavors but smoother. Mm. You know, kind of like yeah. you do in rum, like it's a seven year rum, and this is a yeah. We're gonna drink a 20 one. tonight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never had that cigar. The eleven, yeah, eleven, yeah, the yeah, white band. Yeah. It, it, what's cool, and I almost wish they did it on this, but for some of the regionals and ELs, Ramon used an old, older white band, really beautiful. ornate. It's beautiful. beautiful. I actually kind of prefer it to this one. Wow. You know, I almost wish they used it on on these I mean, special it's releases. It's so unique. Yeah, it it's is so out there. It's, it's an like eye catcher. The it's only band that yeah. looks like that. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is really delicious on the light. And I'm hoping, honestly, the one thing I'm hoping for that I'm a little disappointed right now for the ring gauge is I wish there was a little bit more combustion. I, w- I wish I was getting a little more smoke output. How's your draw? Perfect. Wide mm. open. Interesting. Yeah. I-, I wish there was a touch more combustion. M- mine looks slightly tight, like I'm in terms at, of the draw. I'm looking at Senator with his smoke. He's got I, a cloud. I get a good amount of combustion out of mine. Yeah. Yeah, same. But they're all rolled differently. I mean, we've, we've learned this. And we're going to talk about this. Yeah. Well, I think to piggyback on what you said about combustion, it the smoke output is high, but the, the smoke seems lighter. It seems thin. But the combustion's there, though. Yeah, it's definitely burning fine. I yeah. mean, it, it's, uh, I'm not complaining about construction or burn. No, not at all. I would just think for how much tobacco is in this, maybe we could, as, as we get into our discussion in a bit. It's pretty razor sharp, though. You know, I, yeah. I would expect with how dense this is that I, w- I was hoping for a little bit more mm. just... 
thicker smoke or something. You're out. You know. <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is a really beautiful cigar. Glad to be smoking this tonight. Thanks, Senator. Thank you. Yeah. There's so much flavor out of this. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. I just can't stress if you would have if you would have lit this cigar two two three years ago whenever I first gave you this, it didn't have half as much flavor. It was as it harsh. Does now. It was harsh, but super thin. Like it yeah. just honestly, it started mild. It was nowhere near medium. Yeah. It's just so cool to see how much this cigar has changed in just two three years time. There's definitely complexity here. Oh yeah, I think yeah, and a reasonably long finish because I like the pleasant yeah. flavors in my He's, mouth. Pagoda is absolutely yeah. right; it's got a fantastic finish. So these came out in 2020, but yeah, it's a 2019 yeah. release. That's how you know Habanos. Yeah. They announce something and then they put it into production, and it takes a year or two or three after COVID, obviously, um, to come out. But this one came out. What was the box date on this, Senator? The 20, date is July 2020. 2020. So I think they were probably released in the third quarter or last quarter of 2020. Mm. Finally, this box code is I think 20. What July? July. July. Yeah, July. Yeah. Yeah. So they probably came out in third quarter of the year. But yeah, um, this is really, really interesting and delicious. So now for these ELs, I don't know, I was reading somewhere, uh, uh, this tobacco is aged two years before they go into, before they make the cigars, I believe. Apparently. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> no one really knows. I mean, who knows? I, I you know. And, and, then, and then they age it one year after they make it. So I think that would, that would uh, you know, kind of. Uh, That's highly This unlikely. does not taste like a six-year aged cigar. No. This tastes like a three-year age. Yeah, no, three years. Two yeah. and a half, three. you know? Yeah, I mean, that's just Habanos marketing bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really good, man. Dude, so far it's a home run. I'm happy with it. Oh, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, boys, we, uh, we, we ran through our first part of our the recap from our Cuba trip. We just got back. Uh, it was Bam and my second trip, and... Uh, the other lizards who are here with us, Rooster, Senator, and Pagoda, it was their first trip. We had a great time. Amazing time. So check out episode uh, 74, I believe it was, with the with the Hoyo Elegantes. We went through some of the kind of the culture, the food, the wine, restaurants, our experience, kind of our, our general takeaways. And tonight we're going to talk about a very, very special and memorable day that we were so fortunate to have. At the Mecca. At the of Mecca. cigars, absolutely, the Mecca. yeah. At the Mecca of cigars, El Ligito. dude, coveted, coveted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, talk about how difficult it is to get an appointment there to do a tour. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, sorry. Before we get into this, just everybody, please take a sip of your rum. I just did, and then draw the cigar. I mean, when the you pairing? talk about a perfect pairing, I'm not exaggerating. So I'm I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about the ras episode with the lag of old oh my 16. god honestly it's outrageous dude that's unbelievable it's unbelievable it's this is i think for me an experience that imprints for me in history like that ras episode did for me for me that was an extraordinary pairing yeah this is working out to be another exceptional evening guys that is a phenomenal yeah. suggestion yeah all right, so let's hold on. Let's hold on. <laughs> let's hold on the Ligito story. Let's talk about what we're drinking because I'm going to keep drinking it while you guys talk. What do we have there, Senator? The very eloquent and expensive. The, uh, the oh, Santiago yeah. de Cuba Extra Añejo, 20 años, 20 Ooh, years. 20 oh, years. Oh, yeah. 
Santiago. So we were very fortunate to not only find a bottle of this, but also to bring it home to share on the podcast. Uh, We we had one bottle of this when we were in Cuba, correct? That's right. We had one? No, we didn't drink it. Oh, no, we drank. just We just purchased it. We we covered it and put it in a suitcase. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We had it at the Malia Cohiba. Yeah, we just had it. Wow. So this pairing is excellent. I mean, I guess it's hard to mess up pairing something with the 20-year, but this is really special. It is, but the reason I say that, I mean, we drank that, the Santiago 20 in Cuba, and I think I lit up a D4 with it. That was right when we landed, the first Mm -hmm. place we hit. And, uh, I mean, it was a great pairing. It was a fine pairing, but the notes in this cigar and the notes in this rum, I cannot believe how complimentary this is. For me, it actually enhances the fruit notes of the cigar. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Th- there, yeah. there is some, there's a little bit of like sugar, sweet note True. in the cigar that probably complements. Oh, 100%. 100%. Wow. Yeah, this is a slam dunk pairing, boys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we ended up at Laquito, man. And uh, it was our second BAM and my second visit. We were very fortunate to get connected in November uh, with some of the folks there at Laquito. That's right. We made quick friends with the production manager, uh, Daniel uh, Danilo, um, who's become a very good friend of ours and mine. Um, and we've had some really, really amazing moments. And, and I was happy that the five of us were able to go there and experience what we did um, and, and really get a tour of the finest, one yeah. of the finest cigar manufacturing facilities in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I just have to say, I mean, Obviously, for obvious reasons, we were excited to visit El Aguido. This is like the premier destination to experience how this product is made at its highest level. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, the time we spent with Danilo, I learned more about cigars from that one visit than cumulatively. Yeah. Every bit of knowledge or experience that's been shared with me throughout the cigar industry. That one visit surpassed it all combined. Yeah, and he kind of debunked a lot of our original thoughts about how cigars are made, where flavors come from, how they buy their cigar, their leaves. It was really eye-opening in many ways. Yeah, and I, I, I think the overarching thing for me with Danilo um, is how transparent and interested in educating us he was. Forget the podcast. We didn't go there with that angle. That's not no. how we got in. That's not what we use. We don't we don't push that. First off, I don't even think people I don't even think they care because it's a communist nation of, you know, they're just they're just going to work every day. Yeah. But they're you know, also producing the number one premier cigar on the planet. Of course. Right. They're producing Cohiba sure. and Trinidad and, and other brands there. But you know, his willingness and wanting to educate us and really answer the <laughs> barrage of questions that we have about the process and what they do and how they do it. Yeah. Um that really that really struck me. And I have to say, the November tour that we got, I think this this tour, the most recent tour, pales in compare. I mean, it's really, it was just so much more eye-opening, more information. It was much more detailed. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about first impressions, uh, you know, just driving up to it, it it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful factory. It's not like a run of the bell. It's, it's an excellent it's location. Mansion. Yeah. It feels like, you know, uh, you're going to really high-end corporate offices or something. It was excellent. It feels like you're on just like a massive estate. Yeah. Yeah. Like that beautiful... Like a French French veneer. Yeah, (laughs) it's just like that beautiful main building. The architecture's awesome. And this whole spread-out campus that they kind of have where in comparison to other places where it's like 
one big main building that houses everything there. It's kind of dispersed and so just beautiful. The main house is in like a chateau style. And the buildings in the back are a bit more industrial looking. They were probably built when, yeah, the Soviets were there. And that those structures were built after that. Of course, that chateau was there. That chateau has been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. So those buildings are so very in the back, old mansion, correct? They were I mean, yeah, absolutely. And they were built after, of course, the chateau was built. So did they move there or was that the original Legito factory? I think that was the original Legito factory. They took a mansion and I think that's where mm. they started in the chateau. And I think they expanded from there as things needed to be right. you know, in- increased. But right. I believe that was the original location mm. that Castro sure. had them start making Cohiba in the early 80s. And, and you know, in the rooms that they have and they're very... You know, there's smaller rooms, smaller number of rollers, highly supervised, unlike any other factory that you'll see, I think. But even walking into it, remember the music playing, the DJ yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah, there was a DJ. Oh, yeah. It was a great atmosphere, great yeah. weather. You had a beautiful place. Uh, like, I don't know, Senator, you might have been to so many wineries. In my <laughs> well, honestly, the music thing really threw me off. I was, like, so surprised. Like, you see these, like, beautiful buildings, and I don't know why. I think, especially because in my head, I keep the mecca of cigars. I'm here, and... You just expect it to be like very quiet and serious. And then you just all of a sudden you're outside in this like big courtyard and there's a DJ blasting music. You're like, what the hell? Like, am I at a rave or a cigar? Like the whole thing was threw me off. But it's so funny. You talk to Danilo and understand what's going on there. It's like, you know, it's not like here where we have speaker systems in a bunch of different buildings that can all play the same thing at the same time. They don't have that luxury. And this DJ is literally blaring music for the so torcedors the torcedors yeah, across the entire campus can hear it wherever they are yeah amazing yeah so yeah we we started the whole day we we said hello to danilo uh, and and his team and then we started off on our fantastic tour which started in the blending room and in the separating room of the different leaves and the you know they also they have maturation there they 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 ferment the leaves there as well in the barrel. So what were some of your, you know, Senator, you said you learned more in that moment sure. than you'd had known about cigars mm-hmm. we in all your did. entire 15 yeah. year experience. I'd love to hear some of the things that you thought were really impactful. I mean, you mentioned we're sitting in this room and there are barrels that this tobacco is being fermented in. And I was so surprised, like as someone who appreciates spirits so much, which are what these barrels are all really used primarily to make. I'm sitting there saying, like, there are shortages of barrels everywhere. Like, there's a fight just within spirits and wine to get their hands on barrels to age that product in. And I'm sitting there looking at all these barrels, and I'm like, where did they get these from? So I asked Danilo, I said, where do these come from? And, you know, he said, little known secret, these barrels, most of them started in Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? We're in Cuba. It's, and he's it's, telling me these barrels originated in America, it's in insane. Kentucky. It's insane. They were used to age bourbon. Yep. Yeah. And then they were sold. And this is why when I say there's a shortage, like think of how many times these barrels get reused. That's how short we are mm-hmm. on being able to produce this to meet the global demand for all the things that are aged or fermented in, in a, a, a wood barrel. Starting Kentucky, aged bourbon. They're sold to Scotland to then age single malt scotch. Mm-hmm. They're then sold to Cuba to age rum. They're then sold to Danilo and <laughs> Elegido to ferment tobacco leaves in. It's a fourth 
I mean, transaction. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Insane. So I, I was doing the math. I don't know if I missed this, but what was the cumulative number of years that it seemed like those barrels were they 30, 40 years old? Some I thought of those they barrels? were twenty years old. I mean, they're they're not yeah. ten years, five years old. They've had them Maybe for a older. long time. Yeah, 20 years would be right. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. Because a bourbon would be aged in there for just like a year or two, yep. probably two years. A single malt scotch, 12 years. Sure. Right now we're talking 14 rum a year and then fermenting all the tobacco. I mean, on average, probably 20 years Makes those sense. barrels. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, is that where it ends, the the journey of the barrel? And That's a good go question. That? Oh, no, no, then it goes <laughs> to the New World factories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get sold to uh, Dominican and Honduras and Nicaragua. Hey, don't at forget a, even the super late, premium. Uh, <laughs> even the late hour, isn't it? Uh, kind of, um, yeah. I guess yeah. that leaves a fermented in one mm-hmm. of these barrels. Yeah. Next bourbon. One thing I learned in that first room is I didn't realize, and we didn't learn this in November, they actually go out to the farm to buy their leaves. I had no idea that was the case. Yeah, and they we, go shopping. And we weren't told that yeah. when we were there in November. So they pick the leaves that they want. They're actually curating their own product. Yeah, my my impression is that, that is very very cool and unique. Danilo or his production team and and every factory manager, production manager and their team are going to fincas out in Pinar del Rio and are are have the relationships with the farmers. They're purchasing the tobacco they want. They might have premier, you know, he might have access to premier tobacco. He may have a larger budget. We don't know, but it's not some Habanos or Cuba tobacco import of here's your tobacco you're going to get these guys are going and purchasing what they want but you got to think of the pressure that they have to do that i mean i'd be terrified i mean i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) you really really have to be on your game you have to know what you're doing that is really that's high risk right there yeah high risk activity the huge surprise there for me so building off what bam is saying is just understanding through our conversations with danilo how big of a process blending how how big of a role blending plays in producing each of these cigars. I think for us, the big mystery has been all of this tobacco is coming from Cuba, from the same climates, roughly the same Cuban seed. How does a Partagas taste like a Partagas mm-hmm. and a Ramon Ionis taste like a Ramon Ionis? They're all coming from roughly the same area. So what is accounting for that? And it's a mystery because you think of other regions like Nicaraguan tobacco it doesn't matter if we're smoking Padron, some Nicaraguan Monte Cristo, some other Nicaraguan cigar. You know a Nicaraguan cigar as soon as you taste it, mm-hmm. right? There are differences, but generally speaking, you know what that means. Sure. Similarly with Cuban tobacco. So it's like, how do they suddenly differentiate these brands? And it was just amazing to hear that blending is at the heart of those distinctions. It's like, yes, like Bam's saying, they're going out and shopping for these different types of leaves, but the ratios of different leaves that they're using and choosing are what makes that Partagas profile or that Ramon profile or Monty or some other brand. And so for me, I don't know why, but I feel like, and, and feel free to disagree, I feel like in Cuban cigars, we talk so much about Torcedoras and Rollers and we don't talk much about blenders. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in New World cigars, we talk so much about blenders, and we don't talk so much about rollers. He's absolutely right. That is a huge point. It's never been mentioned. They don't talk about it when we're there. 
Yeah. The first trip around, let's say. Yeah. Like, we don't even know. I can't even name a Cuban blender. No. That's probably on purpose. Right. You know what? He's probably, you're, you're probably, probably right. That's probably very much on purpose. It's got to be that's coveted. Why because I think, think about this. this it's your guy, secret recipe. Yeah, this guy really. is, is, is blending your... Esplendidos, your Sigla Sixes, your Cohibo Robustos, and he's monitoring the crop coming in and saying, okay, I need to make this taste as close to what a consumer who's paying $80 for a Cohibo Robusto or $60, I have to make it taste. It's just like it's like wine or scotch. It, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Rooster, it's just so complex yeah. across it's, all the Vitolas. It's yeah. unbelievable how they do this. Yeah, that, I mean, it was an eye-opener to me because yeah. all the tobacco is grown in the same region. It's the same soil. That's exactly right. Basically the same plants, mm -hmm. but they're picking the tobacco. I mean, how much different can it be from one farm to another if they're going to, from the same soil? Yeah. Even that's important, right. the same region. I don't yeah. think we were crystal clear before talking to Danilo. He's saying that all of it's coming from Pinar del Rio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we assume that a lot of it's coming from there, but that a lot of yeah. it's also coming from other parts of the island. He's saying, no, no, no. It's all it's coming all from, from Pinar del Rio, yeah. which makes it even more of a mystery. Yeah. Well, if it's this all coming true. from the same part of the island, how does it taste different <laughs> across these brands? We kind of had this conversation in November, and what you just said was echoed several times that it's not it's not democratic. You're distributed a bunch of leaves, and you have to deal with it in your own way. That's what we were kind of told in November. Not yeah. the case. Yeah. yeah. They're going and shopping. That's yeah, yeah, but how How different each cigar can taste just by alternating the blend a little bit. Yeah. yeah a few grams yeah. here or there yeah. with different types of tobacco. Right. Different yeah. leaves. And we yeah. learned, of course, Cohiba has a special leaf that not other, any other market yeah, has. Yeah, well, Bihike has Medio Tiempo. Right. Which uh, that's right, the Bihike. Only 15% of the plants produce that. Sure. It's the top of the plant. Sure. It's a very rare thing. Only Bihike out yeah. of the entire right. Habanos catalog. That's the only cigar that has One Medio other Tempo. cool detail is when he lit the leaves on fire at the table just to show us the combustion of one leaf as, com as compared to another how one barely burns yep. and another one essentially evaporates the moment you put a flame to it. And, and they it, use that to balance the, the yeah, burn time. And going back to what Senator said, I think it's in that balance of combustion that provides that flavor. Because if you're burning through a leaf at a faster rate than another leaf, you've got to have different oils and, and, and flavor notes that are coming out at a different rate, and they're blending that. How complex is that? It's pretty incredible. It's mind-boggling. And also think about how different a fresh tobacco leaf is just out of, what do they ferment, I think, for 10 or 20 days, he was saying, in those barrels? It's not a long time. Mm -mm. Think about the blending decisions you're making with incredibly fresh tobacco, anticipating what that's going to taste like in six months when a consumer has it or in five years when that same consumer has it. Right. You know, it's like, you know, like scotch or wine, but the, the difference is, is it's constantly, because it's a natural handmade product sitting in a box, it's constantly changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know? and if you think about the price of Cohibas now, yeah. but even back even back before the price, and like going back three to four years, Cohiba was always the premier brand. Much, much premier yeah. brand, and, uh, brand, and also it was, it sort of much higher price, almost yep. like double or triple. Yep. So it, it's, it's all the same tobacco in all the cigars, and all the Cuban cigars, basically the same thing. But the blend is a little different. Sure. So in in Cohiba, we're, we're we're paying for this special blend. I mean, is that what it is? No, well, I also two think, things. Multiple I, things. I also two think things. that he's able to go to the farms that he. I I'm I'm assuming that at Legito 
Cohiba gets the creme de la creme. They probably have specific farms that only they get. Maybe they have a, a farmer. They really trust the process. Maybe. More diligent. There's got to be elements to that, that that do differentiate. Even though it's the same plant, same soil, there has to be farming elephant elements that matter. Yeah. No, there's he no didn't question there. That. But yeah, there, there's also like the brand, the, the flavor profile of each brand is so different. Yeah. I don't even think it's like this big adversarial, like we're all fighting for the same stuff. Like what Partagas wants their cigar to taste like and what Cohiba wants theirs to taste like are totally different. Yep. And so like naturally certain parts, certain plants, like what Cohiba is going for, Partagas, like, well, we don't want all of that. That That's not sure. our profile. So for me, it just helped understand like it, it's so fascinating how the blending process is what I think drives Absolutely. like the Cohiba brand and all these other things. The other thing for me that, I'll be honest. I've always viewed Cohiba. This is just my personal opinion. I have viewed it as like just a big marketing job. I'm mm -hmm. just going to be very blunt. But I, now? I, well, well, this is the thing. It's not about the leaf for me that now. It's the experience at El... Cohiba is only rolled at El Aguido. Mm -hmm. Nowhere else. That's oh, right, right? I think yeah. La Corona There are a few Mar Vitolas that are rolled at other factories. But they're they're merging uh, them all to, to Laguito. To Laguito. That's, that's, that's true. Danilo was saying. Yeah, it's only yeah. going to yeah. be rolled They're there. eventually yeah. coming. Yes, right. that's right. And the reason I say that that now means something to me is because when you visit El Laguito, I mean, the, ex the attention to detail, the commitment to quality, I mean, what they have going on there way exceeded any expectations I had for how this was all done. And you contrast it with if you visit another factory. Sure. Which we'll totally, talk about in a right. future episode. It's, yeah. kind it's of different. totally different. And so for me now, as someone who was always the skeptic saying, like Cohiba is really, you know, tremendous marketing of like this ultra premium product that is the same leaves as everybody else has access to and probably rolled very much the same. And then you go there and you say, no, there is something different about the level of care that they take and that they assign to that brand and that product. So for me, it's finally helped me appreciate that there is something that justifies the premium that they charge. So now, someone's a converted Cohiba man. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you, you spam, by the way. For the listener, by the way, Senator, <laughs> as Senator's talking, Bam's over there looking at me, pointing at Senator, going, wow, wow. <laughs> now, the, the big butt. Yeah. Flavor is why we pursue cigars. Yeah. And so the Cohiba profile is mm -hmm. not my favorite. And that's why I still will not aggressively pursue Cohiba in the way I do Partagas or Upman Rudder yeah. cigars. Honestly, I emulate that sentiment regarding the pursuit of Cohibas, except for one particular Vitola, which I love, which I had in November with you. Yeah. But um, it's hard to talk about Iligita without at least mentioning the other factory that it went to because they're so contrasting yeah. in the way they produce the product. You walk into Elegido, we mentioned this earlier. These are little boutique rooms. Yeah, eight or ten people. Yeah, and and they're supervised, and it, the con level of control, it's just incredible. It's off the charts yeah. compared to other factories. Yeah, and 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 like I said, in two weeks we're going to talk about Corona and our yeah. experience there. Yeah, yeah. That's the polar opposite. Sure. That is a machine. Yeah, Corona yeah. is a machine yeah. pumping out cigars. Uh, to me, and we will have very compliment. We have very complimentary things to say about Corona, but. Legito to me, and obviously we had a wonderful experience with Danilo. And what I love about our experience with him is it wasn't during festival time when we were there in November. It was the Amigos de Bartagas. I was there uh, prior to you guys coming. 
where the Habanos Festival was there, which was craziness. We were there at a time that there was no expectation of visitors, tourists, tours, et cetera. We were getting the raw deal. And it, what I find with Legido is that it's really a passionate group of people, artisans, really, really trying to make some amazing cigars. Sure. Yeah, like it's not smoke and mirrors. Like yeah. when I say I was a skeptic, like I literally thought like we're going to see some rooms that are for show and look how amazing this is. And then others where people are just making cigars like anywhere else. From start to finish, that entire operation is just I, I I can't say I have visited a ton of these factories in other countries to compare, mm-hmm. but I've certainly at least seen enough online to have some understanding of what it looks like there. On YouTube? Yeah, yeah on Rooster's <laughs> favorite, YouTube. <laughs> and it's just so different. Like, there, it, it's, again, when I say I'm not pursuing Cohiba because the profiles doesn't meet what I'm always looking for, but I, for the first time, can say I understand why they ask this premium for Cohiba there's something behind it. It's not all just a gimmick. Like the the way they approach that product at Legido is definitely different than every other product is. But it's also yep. considered the premium brand there in Cuba. Sure. Oh yeah. They sure. consider Cohiba as the premium brand. Sure, and they're treating it as such. Yeah. You know, and I go back to the word curated. That entire process that they have there is a curated process. You're not going to get that in any other factory. Yeah. No imperfections. No imperfections. None. None. Not to jump around, but when we, the one thing that, and to adding to what you're saying, Bam, and you, Senator, as well, what I love is that when they talk about trying to increase production, increase the amount of cigars coming out, they're incredibly resistant to that because they're so proud of trying to make great cigars. Danilo alluded to that. He did. The volume is low. Volume is not. Their goal, yeah, yeah. despite any outside pressures, sure, sure. which we don't need to go into, you can make assumptions about what we're talking about. But the production component of what they're doing there is separate from the sales and marketing component. We were in the the belly of this beast that is really to be respected, especially after the experience we had. Like like Senator said, it's not smoke and mirrors. They're not trying to impress us. They really don't care that we're there. I mean, they were happy to see us, but it's not like they're trying to impress anybody. You know, we were just a bunch of guys walking around a factory watching people work, and it was really magical. It was really magical. I think the other things you're asking, what was so surprising, um, and Pagoda, you could probably speak to this, but I've always wondered, you know, how many cigars have we reviewed in 70, 80, whatever episodes we've put out at this point? This is 76. There we go. Mm-hmm. How many cigars that we reviewed and we sit here and we look at how it's burning and we look at the ash and we're like, oh, bright white ash. Oh, yeah. yep. And That's for some point. reason, just my eye and how it looks contrasting with the darker cigar wrapper, I always love a bright white ash on a cigar. And I'll be honest, it always kind of bums me out that with most Cubans, you don't get that bright white ash. On nope. Nicaraguans, it's, oh, yeah. it's Padrones, as bright as for sure. And I never understood why, but we we learned some of that. No, absolutely, because there's um, like in the Nicaraguan soil, soil, there's calcium, and that's what produces the white ash. Whereas in the Cuban soil, there's no potassium. Sorry, no calcium, and so you know you don't find that much white. Or there may be just a lower gradient of mm-hmm. of uh, calcium. But it was just interesting to learn about that because uh, there's always been this. Uh, idea that hey listen when you have a bright white ash when it burns really well 
that it's a fantastic cigar. And I think that's been debunked for Not sure. Not the case. Exactly right. Yeah. It's yeah. the nitrogen level in the Cuban soil that actually makes that, I think, the ash darker from the what gray, he said. Yeah. 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 And, and that other, whole process of deveining the the leaf. Yeah, they, they strip the vein off. Recycling and then soaking it in water and then recycling it back into the soil to bring that new nitrogen back into what the I soil. What I love is they not only, so what they do is they strip, so if you picture a tobacco leaf for the listener, the center of the tobacco leaf has a vein that they strip out and separate it into two leaves that are used for whichever purpose is necessary, right? Uh, for that specific Because unless leaf. you've had a terribly rolled cigar, you do not want that giant you do leaf not want that. in the middle of your cigar you're smoking. <laughs> we've had Although that. we've had it. We've had it. It's been in ours, yeah. Uh, but like they a piece take, of asparagus in there. <laughs> but they take that vein, that, that center vein, and they crush it up, mm-hmm. and they resell it back to the farmers right. to, use as a fertile, uh, to, uh, to use as a pesticide almost, right, right. to introduce more nitrogen into the soil. So the pesticide is actually created when they soak it in water. So that water absorbs the nitrogen out of that, uh, out of that vein, and that water becomes the, the, the mode of spraying, I guess, the fields. Ah, okay, got it. And the vein, the vein itself is pulled back into the soil, from what he said. Yeah. And it brings that, that, those nutrients back into the soil. ESG, baby, ESG. Huh? <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, that, that's what's so cool. We talked on a prior episode about just like the culture and the people and how they do so much with so little. Exactly. And Danilo is sitting there saying exactly. to us, he's like, we don't have pesticides. Yeah. They don't have access to that. Yep. Right, their crops can get destroyed. They have no way of chemically trying to prevent that. And so just hearing how resourceful they are to reuse and recycle this one part of the plant to be able to act as a pesticide yeah. and a fertilizer is like it's mind boggling. It's just yeah. so cool. That's and creative. how clever Rooster, they are. the same leaf, Rooster, that yeah. provides that delicious flavor that you're getting right now also provides the pesticide for the fields. Yeah. I mean the whole it's incredible. the whole country is based upon the premise of Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, they they do things. They've got Nissan they engines in their in their 1950s Chevys. <laughs> Dude, I, mean, I think about that. I saw um Ivan, our host, he was fixing somebody's faucet. Not to go off topic, but so I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, he go, he was wrapping it was like a saran. This saran was the shower yeah. shower head. So you know what? Just to it was, set it up, was it leaking? It was so leaking. someone's shower head had a problem, and when you take off your shower head, you know that like white yeah. little plumbing tape. It's, it's super thin. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Teflon. Teflon tape. They don't have that in Cuba. Right. No. So go ahead. So he was using saran wrap, <laughs> some kind of plastic wrap. Like he he cut like strips off and yeah. just wrapped that around. He's like, yeah, this is gonna work. They're adapting and they're overcoming. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I wanted to say the other thing that's interesting about Pinar del Rio, the tobacco, the resourcefulness. So when they when when they started uh, uh, wanting to plant more tobacco, Pinar del Rio was not a very um, uh, wanted area of Cuba. So they they moved all the fincas there. I mean, it's kind of out of the way. It's it's what two two and a half hours from Havana. It wasn't that fertile. Yeah, yeah and it wasn't fertile. And, and the what's soil, interesting, soil is like red clay. Yeah. The soil is not rich. It's not nutrient. They do not have fertilizer. And Danilo said that's an absolute benefit to Cuban cigars because the plant has to work harder to get what it needs from the sun and oxygen. Dude. It, it's incredible. And it, it's reflective of the, of the community there and exactly. how they live. But exactly. There's an even bigger story here. <laughs> Forget just the Cuban people. When he said this, 
as a wine person. <laughs> no, 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 you have no, no. I, I'm, I'm with you. No, 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 right. He's right. right. I know, this right. is meant to be right. a very serious. I know. Point. I know. This is like the genius that exists within that country, because in wine, and Danilo said he's like it's the terroir, just like wine, and it's like my heart skipped a beat because. For them, with such little resources there, and even just understanding of like these complex winemaking processes that are used around the world, there's no wine produced in Cuba, right? Sure. Like it's not like they have firsthand knowledge of how this is done. And what's amazing is talking about how hard that plant has to work in wine. When you have, especially like a really rich, intensive grape like Cab, those super, super hot summers where there's very little water, that plant has to work harder. Mm. It's not getting a ton of water. They're not irrigating it intentionally that much. Just enough. Just enough. And it's because it produces a richer mm. grape that some of the best vintages of Cabernet Sauvignon and Napa are from some of the hottest summers. Like I was talking about 2016. Yep. That was a hot as hell summer in Napa. And the richness that was produced in those grapes without any without an aggressive bite to it produced brilliance and for them to figure out in cuba that it's not about making the plant's life easy all yeah, the time i'm getting it hard dude, harder i'm getting sometimes. goosebumps right now <laughs> I, I am not fucking I joking felt. it's I so I felt. it's exciting as hell because you're really learning about the process yeah it's amazing it was it, it, quite an education oh. and to and to think that this this product this hand rolled Handmade, everything by hand product that we enjoy so much, that our listeners enjoy so we much. We take for granted too. And we take it for granted. Sure of course we do. we do. But it comes from an unwanted region of Cuba, an unfertilized, unsupported, nearly unsuccessful soil don't, for anything else. Don't make me cry. <laughs> Because I'm going to fucking burst out right now. <laughs> you know, what the fuck are you doing? But the fact that these plants thrive because. Everything else is wrong is just incredible. It's awesome. I have a question. So do you think the Cuban farmer, tobacco farmer, doesn't use pesticide because it's not available or because they don't want to use it? Well, it's I think pesticide is a little is, bit of both. Pesticide, because certainly they don't want bugs. But fertilizer, fertilizer, I think, that's a different story. Yeah. But they can access it if they wanted it. So maybe there's a reason why they don't want to I don't to think use they want to fertilize. They want to keep it more organic. Yeah. That's true about the fertilizer. I think it's pesticide, a great point. They would definitely pesticide, they want to kill the bugs. Yeah. yeah. But fertilizer, you just have to understand like, how much this product is worth, right? Like, if that crop gets destroyed oh, by it, bugs, by bugs, right. they so you want to protect that. But as far as fertilizer goes, if you start feeding fertilizer into the soil, mm. the first couple of crops are going to be great, but the plant is going to get dependent. The it's soil going to get dependent, and you're going to need more and more fertilizer. And it's not right. working as hard. Yeah, right. right. And right. I think they're using fertilizer. You know, Ukraine using is organic, a big, organic fertilizer, and Ukraine and, is a big provider for them of fertilizer. And I think they're using that for food crops. Sure. I don't think they're using that for tobacco I because think, of exactly yeah. everything yep. we just talked. It's not Monsanto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank, Thank God, God. Right. Can you imagine how this would taste with Monsanto uh, in it? This Monsanto is a bastards. <laughs> this is a GMO modified Ramona Jonas EL. It's yellow in color. This is green in color. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, it really, as Senator said before, we even had this discussion. I mean, we're only we're only talking about the first or second room at Legito that we've we've been through on this tour so far, but. It was eye-opening yeah. to the level of detail and education that we got on these things. 
It was pretty magical. I can assure you, if we do it not, for you and I, it'll be you. Well, you've been there more times. I don't know how many you've been there. What four times now? Yeah. yeah. If we go again, it'll be my third time. I'll learn something new that I didn't hear the previous yeah. two tours. Yeah. The other thing, how we're talking about, you know, we always say cigars is a handmade product. I think until you actually see this up close, like you don't fully appreciate that. This goes back to my point. Right. We're talking about handmade. What's the first thing that we think of? The roller. Right. That's what we're always thinking about. The person rolling the cigar, the finished product. What you don't realize, all the stages before that, yeah. seeing that every bit of it, every, the tiniest thing is all done by hand. It's like, you know, Gizmo's talking about removing the vein from the tobacco leaf. Obviously, in other countries and with companies that have way more resources than they have in Cuba, that could be removed by a machine in a split second. That's true. You wouldn't need a person to literally... We're watching a woman in El Ligido yeah. to pick up a leaf, remove you, the vein. She kind of twirls it around her arm. She puts it in another pile. Take another one and do that. There is not a machine present at any point in the... It's not like these are mostly handmade or they're hand-rolled. Sure. Literally every damn detail yeah. to putting the glue that is also natural and from a plant on a band, yeah. every single bit of it is happening with your hands. That's right. It's so cool. and mono. Made by hand. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's on every box. And, and you know what's funny is by the time it gets to the blender or the person stripping the, that, the vein out of the, the leaf and splitting them, to the person sorting them, uh, weighing them, to put the... That's probably the 20, 25th person in the process that yeah. has touched that leaf that by the time it gets to the torsador, it may be that may be the 30th person could be that has touched that single leaf you know that and then of course it gets uh sorted and sorted by color and yeah. banded and then boxed i mean we may be talking 40 50 pairs of hands that are touching each of these cigars that we're that's that we're also a fascinating detail is the color sorting yeah that whole process of Sorting colors so that you have complete boxes of the same color. Can you imagine how daunting that would be? Honestly, I mean, that, incredible. that part of the process frustrates me. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. Because what I don't like about the, the color sorting. So what we're talking about, and we're jumping around a little bit, but a after the cigar is rolled, they're color sorted. And I think there's, what, 30-something different shades of, of, of acceptable leaf color. He said that, yeah. Um. What bothers me about that is that because of color being the focus, you may have a box of cigars that's rolled by 20 or 30 different people. Mm. You know? That's one of the big surprises also yeah, on sure. this trip. Yep. What you just said right there. Yep. I don't think, honestly, I don't think any of us truly realized or appreciated that in any cigar box that we purchase, you open that box and you look at them and you say, wow, that's a beautiful box. You know, we all get excited. We get a good box. They all look really well rolled. And you kind of just instinctively assume, well, man, I got so lucky. A great roller rolled this box. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. 20 different people sure. rolled those cigars. Yeah. They're all from different hands. Because it's sorted after they're rolled. Yeah. So that's why when we talk about the frustration of smoking Cuban cigars, that Hoyo we had a couple weeks ago, where four of us, you know, didn't have a great experience. Bam, yours was the best, certainly. But and I couldn't even smoke. You mine. couldn't even smoke. You put yours down. <laughs> right, my Christ. roller should be fired. Yes, I mean you <laughs> no. may have a you may have one of those cigars rolled by someone who's been at the factory for forty years, and you may have someone that rolled one of those cigars that was there for forty days, but they're sorted into the same box because of the color. 
Yeah. Like that bums me out. What's interesting about that individual that sourced the color, Danilo said specifically that's a very special person that's been trained for many years. Oh, yeah. And it takes a, a, a unique eye to capture all those nuances in color. Very yeah. difficult. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, that frustrates me because it's like we're the dumb American, European, Asian consumer, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, oh. who's looking at a box going, well, I hope the color is consistent. And what we've learned is the color honestly has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I wish it was a box made by one roller, stamp with the roller or something, as opposed to the factory code, because what sure. I'm learning is the factory code is completely irrelevant. Yeah. You know, it's like... I can't speak for everyone in this room, but I've gained a tremendous respect for the product that we're holding right now. Yeah, it's it's incredible. That that's really? honestly, I just can't emphasize enough. I genuinely hope for any listener that listens to this episode, sure. like a, you should visit Cuba. <laughs> B, if you don't visit Cuba, I mean, Rooster's favorite source, honestly, like just watch some of this on YouTube. I mean, big it, YouTube it guy. literally big almost made YouTube me guy. <laughs> big YouTube guy. I mean, it, it literally, <laughs> he has YouTube premium. So he doesn't have to watch commercials. <laughs> he doesn't like commercials when he watching all his videos. But serious. YouTube. This is a serious note. though. Serious. I yeah. mean, it, it like the respect made me, for the product. It made me tear up just watching the process. And the reason I say that, you know, we live in a consumer culture. We consume a lot of different products. There is no product that any of us purchases or consumed. And I love watches, and a lot of those are handmade, but not even to the extent that this product is. You look at how many hands touch this product and that a machine plays not one meaningful role in that process. There's nothing in our lives, period, that we purchase or consume that that's the case. And then when you go there and see these people and you understand that they're making 30, 40 at most 50 US dollars a month doing that. Yeah. The level of appreciation you have, I will never ever look at a cigar in the same way. I will never take a cigar for granted right. the way that I did before this Thank trip. You. Right. And that's the magic of going and visiting one of these factories. I cannot recommend it enough. So it's magic. I'm, yeah, and honestly, a lot of the listeners may never get a chance to go to Cuba, but they can listen to this recording and I think gain a lot of information. Or go to yeah. factories yeah. in other countries, too. Yeah, yeah sure. There's plenty of factories right. in true. Mexico, Dominican, 100%, Nicaragua, Honduras. 100%, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one thing that really shocked me was I didn't realize. I thought, you know, they they do have one machine that's the draw yeah, machine. Yeah, the draw machine. Right. <laughs> that's the only machine in the whole factory that every single cigar goes through a draw machine. Yeah. I was under the impression that they take like a Samples. a box, Samples. like yeah. a random sample out of one box, one cigar, and test that and assume that, okay, this is good, this passes inspection. But every single cigar sure. at Lagido goes through that draw machine. No, but sure. this is for the premium cigars only, really. And I think that's why I you... think even at the other no, place. I think at the other places. Well, so they did Corona. both, but it's yes. an interesting point because it let's is. be honest, do we think that a small provincial factory is probably doing that? Nope. Probably no. not. No. no. And that's the magic of when you get the box code from Legido or Corona or yeah. one of the big, you know, It's mind-boggling at La Corona to think about that. Yeah. The sheer volume to go yeah, through. Yeah, you're talking 5 million, 8 million cigars a year. Going through that machine. That's crazy. <laughs> but they can it's do it crazy. really fast, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, and I love that they're they're actually, like, there's a metric to it. You know, sure. I asked, I, I honestly, it was a little facetious. I, I thought he was going to say, like, yeah, it should be somewhere around here, but there's, like, a huge range. And this this scale, basically, that it measures the resistance when the machine is basically trying to pull air yep. through the cigar and he's telling me that between I think 40, it was and 40 and 80, 
is what an optimal mm-hmm. cigar is. And if it is outside of that range, they will send it back yeah, to, to be re-rolled. It goes back to that roller. Well, what's interesting, so those cigars that go in the draw machine, that's pre-wrap. Right, that's so those true. So those cigars are only bound sure. because they do not want to waste the wrapper. So what they do is they throw a bound cigar because they say that 90% of the draw issues come from a bound cigar, not involving the wrapper, not involving caps, come from a bound cigar. And what I love is they have these 10-count 10, uh, 10 uh, plastic or wooden, uh, I guess, what would you call them, cases or sheets that these cigars are laid out in. And each of them is tied to an individual roller. And if that roller doesn't hit the certain percentage that they require of successful draws, then they're going to have a conversation with this person, retrain them, whatever it may be, and it might affect their pay. You know? uh, yeah, they've said that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's um, it, it was nice to see that. And I'm, I'm hoping what we're seeing, I don't know if that's new, because when we were there in November, Bam, there was nobody in that draw room. No. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping that, Either that's a, a, so a new La, development or something. La Corona, there was someone there, but at Legito, there was no one. There. And Legito, this time, they were full. And oh, yeah. They weren't trying to impress a, a Habanos Festival group. Like we wow. were just randomly we are the, there. We are the lizards, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else, is, what else was cool about that factory? And I assume it's with all the factories that each roller has to roll a certain amount of cigars each day. Yeah, based so, on the Vitola. Based on the Vitola, yeah. right? So if they're supposed to roll, let's say, 100 Siegler ones in a day, once that's done, they can go home. They can go home. Sure. Yep. So they're kind of giving them the flexibility yeah. of, you know. And if they if don't, don't finish, let's they say they, come back. Let's say they have to take their kid to a doctor's appointment or school or something, and they miss a Tuesday. No harm, no foul. You can come in on a Saturday and get it done. Right. You just have to meet your weekly allotment to, to, to make your pay. That's great. Yeah. So- we kind of jumped ahead to we later did. in the manufacturing process. We started in the room with the barrels. Can we talk a little bit about the leaves that actually make these cigars? Yes. Because yeah. this was super, super illuminating. Extraordinary. I think one of the lizards earlier was talking about how certain leaves burn faster than others yeah, and all I that. Yeah, I mentioned that, yeah. And what was cool to understand from Danilo is... One, the intentional placement of certain leaves in the construction of a cigar and how they're not only trying to, you know, blend for and control for flavor, which obviously is most important, but also combustion and burn and and time even a cigar takes to smoke, all of these different factors. And so I think two things that were really shocking. One, just learning that um, Volato, which burns the fastest, um, is on the outside uh, of the the outer portion of the inside of the cigar, essentially. The bound cigar. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> the binder and filler. Then uh, Seco, and in the very middle, Ligero. And he was saying that Ligero b- burns the slowest, which is why when you're smoking your cigar and you ash it, you see a like cone. a little cone in a, the middle. Right, a tip. And that's the Ligero that's burning much slower, and that's by design so that everything kind of keeps up and it holds the ash and builds as you're smoking, which, again, these are things absent this tour we had. 
none of us are thinking about really no idea smoking. i mean every like, time oh, every, every the, the, the flavors in the wrapper <laughs> that yeah so that's interesting well, that that's, was that's the second one. that's the yeah. second part that's that's second. i want to get to that totally yeah. that's the only thing i was thinking ever yeah. when i looked at a cigar but, beautiful wrapper beautiful flavor right. Right, right right and it's like now every time i ask my cigar i look at that cone i say yeah. there's that lijero i mean <laughs> these are things you just don't think of until you actually gain the knowledge and understanding sure. that these guys have there and how intentional this whole process is and we talk about sometimes we're smoking a cigar and we have issues with tunneling and all these other things. Well, guess what? A lot of the time that can happen because a cigar was not rolled properly. Right. It's the, the ratio blend. was off in the binder and filler. Or and what they're doing is they're taking the cigar in their hand and they're feeling it and they're feeling weak spots or inconsistent spots and they're shoveling more of, of different leaves that shouldn't be there into the sure. to get a cigar that to, to be properly weighted to be properly distributed, but what it does is it disrupts the blend. hundred yeah, percent. Right. So that was that was very shocking and interesting. And then the second one that we're we're now teeing up is Danilo saying that the wrapper is not where the flavor is. Well, yeah. to, before you go there, he did mention uh, the fact that you know the difference between using a whole leaf and partial leaves. A lot of marcas will use partial leaves in their cigars, which creates an uneven burn. But the full leaf that's used creates a very consistent burn. And, you know, he yeah. talked about it in the Siglios. He showed us that there were three leaves. Yeah. The Ligero, Ligero contributing the most to the flavor profile. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the center. Strongest. And that's sure. the center. And that's where a lot of the flavor comes from as opposed to the wrapper. And it makes sense yeah. it could, that it burns the slowest. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, about the wrapper. When I, I think when you learn about New World cigars, you're kind of told that all the flavor comes from the wrapper and i think for certain sticks that have you know very dark maduro wrappers or you know basically darker leaves that actually have strength to them right like the longer that leaf is exposed to sun the more concentrated that flavor becomes so it makes sense sure in a padrone maduro yeah there's a lot of flavor in the wrapper just sure. as much as there is in the binder and filler but for habanos to hear that the wrapper, what they're actually using, is the least flavorful part of the plant. <laughs> yep. That's not where the flavor, that it's sure. really the lijero in the middle that's delivering most of that flavor. That was, was truly eye-opening. Eye-opening. Because yeah. it was, he said Shocking. the contribution was 10%. Yeah, yeah. less yeah. than the flavor. Yeah, 10 or less. Yeah. You know, and all of us in our cigar careers coming up, we were always told to wrap all the flavors in the wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for a Habanos, like, you know, we always talk about sometimes the wrapper's delicate, it's thin, you know, it, it, it certainly plays into that comment sure. that it's not providing a lot of the flavor. You know, it's providing the, the beauty of the cigar. One thing I noticed about the wrapper is how elastic it is. Yeah. If Especially you, when they're rolling. When it. they deveined it, and the, you know, there were like six ladies in that one room that were doing nothing but deveining and then sorting them as far as the number of veins that they have. The elasticity of the vein was really, truly very cool to see. Yeah. It's true, and they're very wet at that part yeah. of the process. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're yeah, like yeah. purposefully humidified. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Very how, cool. How intoxicating was the smell, dude? <laughs> when he <laughs> laid out, like you know, like the four different leaves. Every fucking room we went into that factory was just the aroma, like a potpourri of like joy. Yeah. It was I want joy. A car freshener. Of all of it. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is going to be a new one. It's going to be a potpourri of joy. <laughs> 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 and watching the tables where they had the. Whatever, I mean, they're rolling the Siglo number four or the five. I mean, mm. massive bundles. Dude. Just yeah. laying there. It was <laughs> exciting. 
what I think is cool too in, in Habanas, I'm, sh- I'm, ass- I'm assuming this is pretty, you know, worldwide, but you know, the, the people, the torcedors who are actually rolling the cigars are not selecting their leaves. They walk up to their window and they get a bundle of cigars and they're, they're given the blend of what to blend and how to blend it. And they're told how many cigars to make. And they're given this, the specific distribution of each leaf to lay that out. And they, they put them on their desk and they get to the blend sure. and they, they roll their cigars. Sure. I mean, that's the only way you can get the consistency of, yeah. Yeah. you know, a, a Cohiba Robusto is going to get, you know, that many of each leaf. So it's got to be consistent to that. What would be really cool, not to go off topic, we haven't seen any of the farms. When we go back, if we get to see yeah, the we farm, go I, would, I would love to do that. But oh, what yeah. I would personally love is if we were able to go with someone like Danilo when he's shopping to see what he's looking for, just to see how what his selection process is like. That would be spectacular. You know, Bam, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> spectacular. Just him being there and explaining the whole process. Oh, dude, of, he's a he's a, a yeah. savant. I mean, he's his, there's his nothing wife that is goes a microbiologist. Yeah, <laughs> we need her to join us too. <laughs> <laughs> so I shook my head to my hand to a Senator. I mean, this is what an experience this cigar is. I am Phenomenal. really, really loving this cigar. This cigar is an excellent EL. God bless Ramon Ionis. So we're coming into the last third. So it's off the charts. Off the charts. Right? Yeah. One of the better ELs. Absolutely. Uh, right? Uh, can you say maybe it's the best EL that we've had? On the that pod? we have had on the pod, yes. 100%. Yeah, Certainly yeah. out of 2019, out of the three, no this doubt. wipes the floor. Absolutely. Yeah. It wipes the floor. Senator's yeah. proud. I, I love this. No, no, you have to understand, like, you know, these are not cheap, right? I bought two boxes of these. The, if you understood where this started and where this is now, like if you smoked Crazy. it a lot, you know, we talk about like buy a box and try one every year. Like I have trained myself finally to be able to do this. It's mm. not easy. And I just can't like when I why I'm so happy about this is like if I would if you would have lit this up three years ago when I bought this, yeah. I guarantee you would have said. What a waste of money. This is not a yeah. great cigar. Yeah. But if you would have seen some of those notes and just looked past, okay, this is not the experience I wanted, but there's something in there. Now, Puba, this is where I'm going to love to talk with him about this because he said to me, I don't think this will grow into a great, I don't oh, think this will mature into a great categorically cigar. Categorically incorrect. So he smoked through his <laughs> box. I I had just a few, you can just, even on the cold draw, you can figure out that there's something in this that's going to mature into something great. And even the one that I recently lit up when I first said to you guys, I think it's ready for prime time. <laughs> this is even better. Because you know, Let me prompt that because I said to Senator, hey, we've done the other two out of three ELs for my 19. Mm-hmm. I think it might be time to try the Ramon. He's like, ah, I don't know. Let me smoke it. And then he texts. He's like, all right, we're doing this. You know, Rooster has talked ready. about this several times about how do you know a cigar is going to age well and, how it, and if it's not going to age well? You're spending a tremendous amount of money. I think if you try, like you, you mentioned, you try the cigar, you get a sense of it. Honestly, it takes someone exceptionally seasoned to know that it's going to age well or not. Yeah, and but not I think, everyone's going to know that. But I think well, I think Rooster's aged really well. Oh, he's <laughs> aging very well. <laughs> Abuelo's, Abuelo's looking good right now. <laughs> I, you know, I think that for me, when I smoke a young cigar, I think it's going to preview. You know, that's previewing well, as we always say on the pod. It's just something that's showing some youth, but you can tell that there's really interesting complex complex flavors there. I don't know if that was the case with this one or or you know Senator just called, you know, called its bluff, but 
you know, most of the cigars that I have that I kind of say, all right, I'm going to wait on these. It's just a product of saying, wow, these are young, but they're really, really. The combustion on this cigar is just off the charts. It's gotten way better in the second it's half. It's unreal. Yeah. Very, very good. I'm excited. And the other thing, like it, the biggest surprise, it's not even just the flavor profile that's excellent. It, the strength and body that this has is nothing like where it starts. And that's the part that like, you know, we learned so much from Danilo, but I, I'll never be able to wrap my head around how the strength and body of a cigar can just dramatically change just mm. with time, just sitting in a box in your humidor. But truly, I'm not kidding. From start to finish, this cigar, Young, was mild at its strongest at the end, mild medium. This started firmly medium, and I think as you smoke through, gets a little close to medium full. How that happened scientifically, I can't quite explain, but it's just so satisfying. Yeah, fits right in my flavor profile. Yeah, this is oh, amazing. Overly it's, impressed. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So as we're going through it, like the we're at the bottom third or third. Yeah, last third. It's it hasn't ramped up in 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 well, the body's increased a little bit, but the flavor has gone for me through the roof. Yeah. And the strength is kind of, it's not like, it's not, it's not gotten no, like an oomph to it. No. It's, it's very pleasant. It's it's very sophisticated. Yeah. Very That's sophisticated. That's the age, honestly. Yeah. I, I think this has to have, like, I think I bought this three years ago. I bought it in 2020. Late 20, yeah. Um, so I'm sure it at least had another year. It, it's got to have at least four years. Yeah. Yeah, this is really, really good. All right, so back to uh, Legito. Okay. Senator, you were... Uh, so we went through the barrels, fermentation. Stripping. Stripping. What? Um, <laughs> uh, blending and kind of sorting and the binder and filler. Um, I mean, from there, rolling, mm. which we saw. I mean, they have some unbelievable rollers, of course. Yeah. People at, that have uh, been Tulsa there for Doors. 40, 50 years. So talking about that for just two seconds, you know, the other factory that we went through that I know we're going to talk about, the process is identical, right? They've got their various layers that they're putting together. They press them. How long are they pressed for? Because they go in a press and then they continue rolling and they, they do another press. Do we know that? I don't know. I, it might depend on the Vitola. Maybe. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it's that long. I don't yeah, think I don't it's think that long, long because okay. I think it yeah. gets draw tested and right to wrap. Oh, I see. Pretty I see. quickly. Yeah. I think they're I think they're you know aging in the box or in the in the uh, the storage room mm -hmm. in the cold rooms. Uh, th th I think they're going right from from bind to draw test to wrap. Compared to like New World sticks. Cuban cigars are not that aged to no, begin with. No, the tobacco is not that nope. aged, and nor do they age them after they box them. Sure, that's they true. Just push yeah. them out. Yeah, yep. So, so on the the rolling process, another kind of light bulb moment for me um, was Danilo talking about, and we mentioned a little bit of this in saying that you get a box of cigars and they're rolled by twenty people. They're not all rolled by the same person, but in that. Um, Danilo was talking about, and we've talked, we've had episodes about this spotting counterfeits. And Danilo was saying that a tell, so he's like, number one, when you open a box, they should be color matched. If they're not color matched, it's ah, fake. This is oh. a great point. That was yep. number one. Yep. He said number two, which goes to the rolling process, because those sticks are rolled by so many different people, he said, look at the cap of the cigar. He says, every roller could tell you their own what, cap. Yeah, their own, own cap. Signature. That they rolled. He yeah. said, it's so as if you, they signed it. Exactly. Yeah. So he said, if you open a box of cigars and all the caps look almost identical, it's fake. 
there's no way yeah. because there's yep. tons of different rollers who rolled them. They should be different. Yep. And that was where also I think we're trained to think that like you open a box of cigars and everything should look perfectly sure. uniform. So that was going to go to that point. And it's the opposite. Yeah. So you're actually looking for slight defects. Yeah. He did mention that in some of the leaves, if you see a slight green. Or discoloration. Right. Discoloration. A slight discoloration. You actually want to see that that's a mark of a, of a a normal, yeah. natural, yeah. authentic cigar. Exactly right. It's and also, he also even, it's a mark of authenticity. Even on Bihike, which is their premier sure. line, which has the most pristine wrappers, he said you still want to see slight imperfections. Sure. Now they're going to ban the cigars with the name of Cohiba Bihike on the the top of the cigar. Be, you know they want the cigars to look great, but if you take those cigars out and you look at them. If every cigar is absolutely perfect, no imperfection, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's to, the tying thing. into that's another way because we've learned through you know my Monte uh, Monte Fortuna bullshit mm. with the fake <laughs> box of Cohiba Robustas I bought. You got you, you know you can't trust the band, you can't trust the seal, you can't trust the 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 warranty, uh, er, uh, the the serial code, even the box date it can be faked, but. This is another layer of authenticity is that if you have a perfect box of cigars, it's likely fake. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I just think if you're not as deep in this rabbit hole as as we are and other lizards who obviously smoke a lot of cigars, you're just kind of trained to expect or think that a box of cigars should all look uniform. And so you're buying a box, and if you see something that looks a little different, you're trained to think that that maybe is a fake box when it's yeah, the right. exact it's opposite. The opposite. Very eliminated. Key, key points. I mean, I I never even when you open a box, you never look at the you look at the cap of the cigar that you're smoking, but you never look at all the caps of every single cigar, and you know to notice the variation. But now we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great teaching point. Yeah, yeah. We don't want counterfeiters to be listened to our. <laughs> That's true, Pagoda. No, no, if you're a counterfeiter, please tune out now. <laughs> right now. It it killed me when Danilo opened up that Bahike to show us uh Oh he sliced it open. He, sliced yeah. it open. Yeah. Yeah. he took yeah. a Bahike wow. fifty four and sliced it right in front of us. Like he said he said this is painful, but it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. 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 He was showing us the media tempo. Yeah. The leaf should yeah. be right in the middle. Yep. Yep. Well, that's the thing. It was very clever. He was saying how with fakes, so this is like his third tell in kind of this process, right? Like color matching, the caps and imperfections, and then this. And he was saying when you slice that open, every leaf should be a long individual leaf that a whole. you could pick apart. A right. whole, yeah. leaf. whole leaf. Yeah. right? And he said what the best counterfeiters do, he's like, you may slice it open and you actually start to pick out the middle and you're saying, oh, wow, it's whole, it's real. Mm -hmm. But if you keep going, they yep. may at some point, it's a shorter Short partial yeah. leaf. Yeah. And they're brittle. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the tell. And uh, yeah, he did that. Actually, I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm actually going to take uh, when we go next time, I'm going to take my fake box of Coros oh, from Monte Fortuna. Cool. Great idea. And I'm going to give them to him. Great idea. So that he can kind of. Wow. I'd like to see him dissect that in front of us. Well, just bring I'll one. Pick it up. <laughs> no, I'm going to bring the whole box. Well, what's he going to do with the rest? I'll give them to him. Throw them in the garbage. They're fake. <laughs> Jesus. I assume you've been compensated. <laughs> so um, other things I think we saw after rolling, it was cool to see they have scales to actually weigh the cigars. I mean, yeah. We talked about sometimes how heavily and densely packed they are. Yeah, there's um, a range for sure. Yeah. 
So that was helpful to see. I'm not sure how much that happens because I think we still get some sticks that are yep. light, some sticks that are very heavy. Um, but it was cool to see that. They had kind of the um, the the measurements for the ring gauge that mm -hmm. were kind of all already imprinted and made that I guess they must measure to make sure that it's meeting the sure. specifications, which was cool. Yeah. You know, and, and as they were rolling, they've got trays that they can, each Vitola has its own tray. So they're using that tray as the form that yeah. they're working. It's a Make template. sure they nail it. Yeah, it's essentially a template. So when they're rolling, that they're not oversizing or undersizing it. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I, th I think Legido goes into some extra sure, precise details that, to make mm -hmm. sure that they come out consistent right. with no draw issues, no right. like weight variations. So that the end result is that's why they're able sure. to charge sure, what they sure. charge for it, Kohi. But yeah. yeah. Not to go off topic, but the craft room is really cool. That's where I was going next. Dude, Very it's cool. awesome. I personally love that because, you know, going through college and we were, you know, building architectural models and using glue and, and creating, you know, images that you're, you're, you're putting on boxes and presenting and creating presentations. That was quite a beautiful room. It was pristinely clean. Only a few people were in there. And those are select people that know what they're doing. They've got a great eye and a steady hand. So they were producing beautiful boxes works of art but it's like even that was happening by hand dude like that was the crazy part dude like when i say it was fucking, like literally emotional the fucking to see consistency the consistency is off the charts like you, you have to understand when you see on a cigar box made by hand you're thinking okay yes the cigar is rolled by hand that's amazing they import these boxes fully finished exactly yep. and you're watching these women in this room literally like superimposing a ramon ionis logo yeah. on like a dress box like so this is crazy. This is what machines would do anywhere else. That, that's They're exactly, doing it by hand. Not in exactly right. And the artwork is perfectly centered on each side of every panel of every box. No deviations. And the labels, you know. Well, yeah, that's yeah. The, the artwork and labels are all perfectly placed. So each but one of them that. puts up to 3,000 labels. Uh, each, uh, I don't know uh, who the person is or what they're called, mm. but the people labeling it. Have to label three thousand. Yeah, labels it's nuts. It's, per day. Yeah, yeah per day. day. I Cigars, wrote down. Camilo said that each woman there labels three thousand sticks Six per day, day, like Pagoda saying. Again, it's literally putting a label and some glue. It's this incredible. is something by a machine hand. could do instantly, and there are people doing this by hand. And again, we're talking about like the natural, organic components of this process. It is not glue that they're putting on this. It's cellulose from yeah. plants, yeah. natural right. organic material, even to adhere a label, <laughs> a band on a cigar. And each of those 3,000 cigars, they're picking the best side of that cigar to put yeah. the band so he called it face the, up. He called it the face of the cigar. Yes. Right. So they picked the most the most beautiful face of the cigar to have that band showing. Yep. Right with the logo right center. Yeah. yeah. The hairy back goes on the bottom of the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, you almost fight it at the back, don't you? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it, it was a really amazing yeah. experience. Yeah. Honestly, it was enhanced by having you all, all you guys with us. Yeah, it, together. It, it really, really it, was. It did. It did add to it the, the sure. fact that you know, you're putting aside the podcast, obviously that's where this was going to end up. Mm -hmm. All this information, this education, but for us to be able, we're all kind of in lockstep with really wanting to absorb like sure. sponges this information, like totally, like like hit us with it. Just yeah. Yeah. you know, asking as many questions as we can. Maybe it to an annoying level i yeah. don't know but yeah. no, I know, god I think bless they, them but. i think they enjoyed 
our curiosity and our passion for cigars. Yeah. So it showed, like, even at the end when we were talking to the director in the room and Danilo was sitting there, we had a bunch of questions. They were very happy to yeah, answer sure. and oblige our questions. Sure. I mean, no well, because our intent is education. And yeah. Trend, you know, we're Absolutely. not asking for anything. Right? Yeah. Other that's than what time. Was, that's what was so cool. It's like we go on this tour, we're learning so much with this amazing experience, and we're, we're telling Danilo and uh, Oscar, the director general there, that, you know, we have this podcast and we want to – we want to be a vessel. We want to share this information right. with our listeners, with the world, and how excited and happy they were about that. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, we like to keep this stuff quiet. This is our pro it was like, no, the world should and needs to know this. Yes. Yeah. That was really, really cool. And yeah. I and I think that the, the biggest thing I took from that, really, again, and I said this earlier tonight, is separating the Habano sales and marketing thing from the production side and the manufacturing and the artisanship of the people who are actually producing these cigars right those are two separate worlds mm -hmm. you know and and that was a big thing because we're sitting there with people who really give a damn yeah and about you know, this thing right. the they're, they're the, not making any more money no because no the prices they're not have gone no up. no not at all they really give a yeah. damn yeah and the true eye-opening experience for me the byproduct of that i think we mentioned this earlier in the podcast is really how much for granted we took these cigars and how much we've now come to really truly appreciate how they're made the passion that goes into it the technology that they've created yeah literally with nothing yeah so it really elevates i think the the love and of the, and appreciation of the yeah. cigar i mean yeah. i wonder if the uh, bahike torsador actually knows what that cigar sells for i don't know and how much, how <laughs> much she'll have a hard time how much <laughs> It's how true. much is making yeah. a month. It, yeah. it would be better if they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? kind of a tragedy, honestly. It really is. Oh, no, it is. It's yeah. shocking to them. And yeah. we had, you know, we obviously met plenty of locals while we were there. I mean, I remember someone asking, like, how much do these things cost? Because yeah. we're all smoking so many cigars. Jaw dropped. I remember that. And, I mean, I said, like, you know, 10 to 30 US a stick usually. And they couldn't believe Shocked. Yeah. that it's something that we would smoke and consume in an hour or two would be 10 to 30 US dollars. That's right. I mean, what they spend times, on times six. Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> when I gave Yvonne, our our host, I gave him a couple of cigars. You know, when we were leaving, just as a thank you, because he was so hospitable. It, he was like <laughs> nearly emotional about yeah. it. Yeah, and it's like these are cigars that are produced ten minutes from his home. Right, and he's never had one. Yeah. He's never had a Romeo and Julieta wide Churchill. He's never had an Esplendido. He's mm -hmm. never had a Coiver. Like it's crazy to I mean, me. The same thing, like we talked about on a prior episode about Cuba, the Tropicana show, and how yes. amazing it is. You go to the Tropicana show, it's all tourists. There's not a single Cuban there. That's right, all tourists. Which is a tragedy. Yeah. I mean, this Major is their tragedy. people performing this un the, the unbelievable skill level and talent, and their own people can't come see them. But you know, you know what's cool though. Also, the torcedors are allowed. I'm not sure if it's all of them or yeah, some all of them. them. All, five, of, them all of them allowed to take home five a day. Yeah. Five a day, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. So on the first trip in November. What I learned, or we learned this, they every Cuban citizen does get an allotment of cigars, but the cigars that they get, Giz, machine they're the, rolled. Yeah, they're blue. They're these blue banded. Oh yeah, they're um, they're probably all the, all the scraps of exactly. tobacco that's on the floor. Exactly, and they're and they're truly they're all fully machine made, n minimal hands, and from what everyone was telling us, they were awful. They're just awful cigars. And yeah, they don't smoke them. You never, no. I, I very rarely saw a Cuban national oh. in either of our trips. I've been there, what, Ever smoking 20 a days now? That's true. Ever yeah. smoking a cigar. That's true. You know what's also funny to me? 
the fact that there are so many rollers who are so skilled and have been doing this for so long and don't even smoke cigars. Don't smoke cigars. And the reason I say this is um, my my parents, it's so funny, my, my dad, um, there's some Cuban restaurant in New York that my dad, my parents both love. And um, there's a guy there, this Cuban guy, who will roll cigars there. And of course, my dad's become friendly with him over the years as he eats there. And uh, I remember my dad saying to me, he was so confused. He goes, this guy rolls cigars. You know what he told me? He doesn't even smoke cigars. (laughs) How does he know how to roll cigars? That's strange. And I I have the same line of thinking. It's just like, if you haven't consumed this product, how would you know what an optimal cigar should be rolled like? But some of the best stuff we've smoked are from rollers who don't smoke a damn cigar in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And that that, that amazes me. It is amazing. It doesn't happen in the food industry. Every chef... Taste what they're constantly make. tasting, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I would assume this is the same with winemakers, I would think oh, so, yeah, yeah, but not yeah. with cigars, very, very unique. Mm. So, speaking of tasting cigars, we, we were able to sit at Legito, so we finished our tour, we had an amazing experience, and we were able to sit down and sit with Danilo and Oscar, the director, and we all had an incredible cigar from their private collection. Mm-hmm. I had an Esplendido, I think all of you guys had Bejicas, Bejicas right? yeah. 52. And we had such an amazing great. conversation with these guys. Oh, yeah. Now, amazing. For, for the first time, Oscar let his guard down a little bit. <laughs> In November. He, he was not, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. truly serious, and he had a lot of pressure at the time. This time around, let his guard down, had a pretty good conversation. Well, Oscar let his guard down. <laughs> I, knew, but he, I knew he was going he, there. He, I, wow, almost, wow. I knew he was he, going He there. almost had an aneurysm a few times, rightfully so. I felt very vindicated because, just for the listener, imagine the comedy of this. You've probably oh, you've listened to this. What did I do? Did no, I do no, something? No, 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 me. No, it's oh, me. Good. <laughs> if, if you've listened to this podcast, you've probably heard at some point, especially when we were recording at my, my lounge, you've probably heard at some point Giz very ambitiously... <laughs> Smoking away as he's trying to hold this, you know, two-inch oh, ash yes, on I his cigar. This. And Giz, you, you think you need to ash that cigar. <laughs> it's going to end up on my floor or all over you. He's trying to impress the director. And so we're sitting in El Aguido, the Mecca, <laughs> on these actually beautiful leather chairs that they have in dark, this, like, main room. So dark blue leather with walnut grain ends. Beautiful beautiful chairs and so as we're sitting there oscar who's a very very serious guy to begin with old school he's very just kind of i just i could see, he's just staring at gizmo <laughs> and gizmo doesn't speak much spanish so it's not like he's staring he's about to speak in spanish with him he's just staring at him i'm like wow this is strange and he just looks at me points and he waves his finger basically telling him not to ash his cigar on his chairs. Right. Because on Gizmo, on the couch, because Gizmo is just holding his and arm. And I'm talking with it. Talking with it right over the couch, where if the ash falls, it's just going to burn in this beautiful leather couch they have. <laughs> and multiple times tells him that he needs to keep his arm off the couch, that he better not ash on his couch, or he's going to get very upset. <laughs> I felt so vindicated. It was wonderful. <laughs> I got scolded. <laughs> <laughs> I did not ash on the couch, by the way. We know. Well, we job. wouldn't have allowed that. We would never be invited back. I don't no, know if I. Wouldn't. I don't know if I would be here right now if I did. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy. No eggs for you. No, no. eggs. <laughs> but yeah, that was. It was a magical day. Yeah. I, I will forever remember that day. I'm so glad we got to experience t- uh, sure. together. I it think was it's, really it's elevated special. our cigar game. It has There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. And those bahikes, I will say. So again, I I started this by saying for me cohiba has been more marketing than substance um 
I've never had a bahike before, primarily because I just assumed any bahike I tried to source, the odds that are fake are so high, I'm That's not true. even going to take the chance. It's probably one of the most fake cigars in the world. Period. Yeah. And so to have a bahike from El Aguido that obviously we know is real, and that being my first one, you know, I'll smoke a cigar down, but I'm not one of these crazy guys that needs a roach clip at the end of the cigar. I I, I don't smoke it that far down, but that bahike... You mean to select Bam Bam. <laughs> like Bam Bam, Exactly. I like my cigars. <laughs> <laughs> but that Bahike, I smoked that thing down till my fingers burn. It was so creamy, so enjoyable. Just a special experience with that's, those guys. That, that's high praise because most of the cigars, actually every cigar you'll get in Cuba, they're very young and usually over-humidified. I feel like what we got, though, was uh, kind of a, a either aged or it was kept for a while I'm from sure. Danilo. Yeah. I feel like we got some really that's nice. That's part of his private stock, yeah, so they're yeah. kept well, I'm sure. And I had an Esplendido, and it was amazing. I'm sure. You know, I just love a Churchill. Yeah. It was excellent. Yep. So, yeah, so, I'm so glad we got to experience that. Uh, is everyone's glass almost empty? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So we had a great trip, but yes, there's another special occasion. It's a special day today. It's our fearless leaders, <laughs> Senor Hismos. <laughs> cumpleaños. Indeed it is. It's his birthday. <laughs> Do they turn so, 20 today? There's only one way to ring in a lizard birthday. Oh, <laughs> what is this? A sheet cake. Well, kind <laughs> of. For the listener, I have no idea what's happening right now. Senator just disappeared. It's a box of bahikis. Uh-oh, we got champagne, boys. We got champagne. <laughs> champagne. I see champagne. <laughs> It's congratulations and it's celebration. A special day. Just listen. Oh, jeez. I hear it. I hear the saber. It was hidden from me. They hid it from me. And right, a cake. Here we, here we A cake, too? Holy moly. Senator here apparently has a bottle of champagne. The saber, by the way, has a uh, tassel on it, which is new. Here we go. The tassel's always been there. I never saw that before. And he's aiming it at... Uh... He's aiming it at me, not Pagoda. <laughs> hey! Oh! Happy birthday, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. This is a complete surprise. Now, we're not going to be the most civilized. So everyone's got to kill their rum, and we're going to drink that at the same time. 100%. Absolutely. Hit me, baby. So we got some champagne here. All right. Thank you, Senator. Very kind of you guys. Thank you so much. You need to blow out this candle. Oh, shit. Hold on. Do I need to make a wish, Bam? Yes. Thank you. Does it need to involve you? Always. <laughs> hold on. Oh, oh, hold. oh hey. Oh, that was very quick. Well, thank you, boys. Happy birthday, Gizmo. Very kind of you. Love you, man. That's Happy a nice birthday. surprise. You yeah. guys are good at this. Because we love you. That was uh, completely unexpected. Oh, yeah. Very, very happy birthday to you, dude. Thank you, my friend. Love you, boys. Thank you, sir. Keep it coming. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Salute. To many, many more. To our, Cheers. Thank you, guys. Cheers. To thank you. Thank you all. I love you. Our fearless Cheers. leader. Cheers. And producer. Love we you love all. you. My man. Cheers. Senator, thank you. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Thank you, guys. To Gizmo. To Giz. Mm. Oh, that's delicious. So what uh, What champagne is that? Paul Roger? Paul Roger. Yeah. My man. And a delicious 
chocolate mousse silk cake. I can't wait to dig into that That's after we, uh, we end the recording. I also okay. have to say, it is your birthday, so there's one day of the year I have to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, our Cuba trip, yeah, Gizmo was there in November with Bam, ahead of the first trip for Rooster, myself, and Pagoda. It pales in comparison to what we all experienced. He put in such a tremendous amount of work in figuring out kind of how to elevate this trip, yep. the lay of the land, transportation. I mean, everything we could possibly need to make this already great trip extraordinary. We are we owe you a debt of gratitude. Absolutely. So I just want to say thank you. Salute. Yeah. Cheers. And, uh, it was a great, to, uh, great to, to was, many more trips. It was trips, flawless. It really was flawless. It of was the a Cuban great people. <laughs> Seriously, in support of the lizard people too. Yes, That's sir. right. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, it Salute. was a great week, phenomenal week. Mm. And I'm glad we got to experience it together because I think some of these things that, we, you know, we did get to experience, Legito, Corona, these restaurants that we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, I mean, we really had an intense. But relaxed. Well, that's what's amazing about Cuba to me. It was so intense as far as the experience, the education, it, it, the people, everything that we had. Yeah. But it was so relaxed. We had such, yeah, like, there I was, felt no stress. There was an overlay of the Cuban lifestyle yes. that really made it very smooth for us. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I'm and a, very I'm enjoyable. I must say, uh, Gizmo, your attention to detail. Yeah. Impeccable. And, you know, Everything that we had beforehand and made us kind of like everything w went so smooth because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly what to bring and uh, yeah. you know, like Senator said, from transportation to the arranging the casa, the breakfast, the dinner reservations, sure. all Every of day. that. Every, Every day. To the Every single day. Getting smallest the of details that yeah. end up being important to making sure we have butane so that we can light our cigars outdoors. Sure. To, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> giving just, us like Amazon list, get this, don't get that. I mean, get get this right. adapter, get this lighter. Bring your Imodium, get your Tylenol going, get the amoxicillin, <laughs> yeah. all of that. Yeah. Get the oh, yeah. Z-Pack. Get the Z-Pack. <laughs> now, that Imodium saved me one night. I know it did. It really did. And a few of us here. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. That helped you rally. Tremendously. That helped you rally. Dude. You rallied. Bam Bam was on fire that night. <laughs> <laughs> Every night, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but cheers, boys. It was, listen, I I, I can't wait to go back. That's yeah. number one. I told, I told my wife when I came home that I was in, like, severe withdrawals. Like, I am still, uh, two weeks later, still in severe withdrawals. Sure. I can't wait to go back. Sure. Yeah, but I, I must say the next the the day we got back and the very next day that was tough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? it was, we were, man. We were missing Cuba. Like, reality, reality, like, where's, reality yeah. where's Hugo de Ivan? Where's yeah. the Ivan especial? <laughs> the Ivan especial guava for, juice for the <laughs> listener. It's like this amazing like guava smoothie that he yeah. would make us the house manager every morning. I mean, just little things you just. I miss. was telling my wife like, and can you go get some star fruit and cut the <laughs> cut the papaya in like little pieces? Don't forget his. Hot sauce that almost kicked my ass. Oh yeah. Oh, can oh, we tell that story? Oh, you're, was, oh, okay. you're weak. Oh, it wasn't. It was Honestly. like it was like an oil. It was an extract of some kind of peppers, dude. I mean, I thought I can normally handle like good amount of heat. Me too. And uh, I went overboard. And no, I said, you know, if somebody asked me on a scale of like one to ten, what what would you rate it? I'm like, I think this is like a seven or eight. 
Which and for the, any normal person, that's like a 20. Yeah. For him. Yeah. yeah. So and I. Bam, bam goes, bam it's, goes a three. Nah, it's a it's three. A three. <laughs> so initially it was a three. Within two minutes, it went to a 10. <laughs> I, so bam Bam was doing jumping jacks. I couldn't literally. sit in my seat. And Yvonne was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> loving every second of it. <laughs> we were too, by the way. We were too. I, I'm sure. That was great. It was a great week, man. Oh, yeah. So for the lizard uh, listeners out there, we're going to continue this. So this is part two, I guess, of our recap. We're going to keep rolling on this in the next uh, next few Cuban episodes. So I guess two weeks from now and uh, continue on from there. But, man, we had a phenomenal week. And this visit to Laguito was really one of the highlights, not only of our trip, but I, it, it's going to stick with me for, for the rest of my life. Of course. Because it was so yeah, absolutely now, educational, memorable. We really were in the the thick of it, sure. In a way that I think that is unique. It's also unique because we all got to experience it as a group. Exactly, and yeah. we were together. I, I also think it has to be said, nothing like this has been done before. Like th- there is no look. We're all consumers of information, sure. Right. If I could go somewhere and get all of this information that we got from Eligito, from Danilo there himself, I would go get it. That's not out there. That's why we exist. wanted to go there. That's right. why we did this. Yeah. And um, I'm just really proud of this group that, um, and again, grateful for Gizmo and all the work that was put into really make the trip such a success that we were able to do it and share it. And that Danilo and Oscar and the folks that run Elegido are happy to have all of this shared with the rest of the world is just so incredibly such cool pleasure. and fulfilling. It, it's tremendous. And hopefully yeah. we'll have Danilo on the on the podcast yeah we've yeah he has agreed to come on it's just a matter of logistics and internet yeah. etc but daniel is going to come on the podcast and that is going to be a really special experience for the lizards out there oh yeah because this guy not only does he love what he what what he does every day but he's really good at it yeah he is and he's really educational and transparent about mm-hmm. it in a way that I think is very unique. He's a very good teacher. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, and he, yeah. he's a he's an attorney. He's a lawyer by yeah. trade. So yeah. he's got and he gave training. that up, and he's a you know production manager. He at production manager. So yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, but Senator, you got to tell him he how he talked about education being the primary thing, and as opposed to hoarding information. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a real paradigm shift. Yeah. I think like yeah. you know Danilo's philosophy. It, it it sounds like obviously we can't speak personally to what. Um, the environment was like, you know, 50 years ago among the folks that ran factories like this, but um, there was a real hoarding of information, it seems. And um, I guess in some ways, understandably so, but in other ways, I mean, it doesn't really further this passion and this hobby that all of us have if people don't know and don't understand and can't learn all these amazing things about how this product is made and what makes it so special and unique and how it gets taken to the next level generations from now, right? We're yeah. not cigar manufacturers. We're not the ones that are going to do it. But I sure as hell hope that as we share this information, some people are going to be expired to generations from now. Take this industry to the next level. Sure. And um, yeah. it seems like, you know, Daniil is a relatively young guy and some of the youth that's also been injected into this business um, has really helped with just transparency and sharing information and um, I'm just, I, I already can't wait for us to, you know, return there and learn even more and share even more. And right. um, just so grateful for the experience yeah. we had. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I hope this pod actually inspires every single listener to go visit Cuba. Yeah. I, I, honestly, the more people that go, 
I feel like it's better for the industry. It's better for their exposure. It's better for yeah. the education of every cigar smoker that can possibly get there. Well, I, I think the appreciation for what we have, this thing of ours. Well, yeah, the thing of ours. Yeah. It, it, it's so elevated by being there. Exactly. Because we can try to explain it to our listeners yeah. every day, mm-hmm. every episode, but it doesn't touch. No. Those moments that you can have, those special moments in the chaos of being in a communist jungle, really, those moments that you can have connecting with these human beings that are on the ground there, living there every day, experiencing this, yeah. it's really magical. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. you know, I think as much as it makes it for us, um, we talked about how much we were able to help and give back to kids and other folks throughout the the local community there. It's like even us just visiting some of these factories and just being able to show some appreciation and yeah. some things that we had that folks need that work at these factories and that roll these cigars um, and that their leadership are trying to provide, but they don't have everything, right? They don't have amoxicillin. They don't have aspirin. and Tylenol. Tylenol, <laughs> yeah. right? And just Crazy. little things that for us we take for granted that are you know everyday essentials that are, are not hard to come by that we were able to share and provide to folks there and I mean, man, it, it it was just wild things that are so small to us and seeing how we were able to help and folks be literally tearing up in disbelief that they're receiving something that we have access to so easily here um, was really special. And um, when you appreciate this product that much, these folks deserve that and way, way more. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we had a really, really amazing time there, man. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, I wish it for every listener. I wish it for every lizard out there. Go to Cuba. Email us if you need some some help getting initiated. You know, we're glad to help because, you know, the the really the crucial thing to, to tie all this together is to show up there with the intent to give, not to take. And to learn. That's and to thing. learn. That's the thing. My, my yeah. grandmother always said, like, this will stick with me for the rest of my life. Life's about giving more than you take. And I think when you go there, you will have a tremendous experience if your mindset is, I want to give more than I take here, and you'll leave shocked that somehow you feel like you left with more. Absolutely. Yeah. And even going through the factories, if you're so fortunate to do it, it's less about taking. It's it's really about the time and the education and sure. the experience of meeting these human beings that are making this thing we love yeah. and are fueling this thing that we love. That we can't make. The five of us can't make this thing that we're smoking right yeah, now. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we have been smoking Cuban cigars for a long time. I mean, I've been smoking Cuban cigars since 95. But what I, what I learned... <laughs> 62? I, I wasn't born. <laughs> Abuelo. I wasn't Abuelo. born yet. Abuelo, Abuelo's immortal, okay? <laughs> You're only three years younger than me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, after I respect s- you like an elder. However, <laughs> <laughs> I do. You have my blessing. My- <laughs> You're my fucking man. Don't ever forget that. Okay. <laughs> so let me go get back to my point. Uh, so uh, we've all been smoking cigars and Cuban cigars for a long time, but this trip was such an eye opener that there's so many things that I did not realize what goes into yeah. making a handmade cigar that i mean it's it's amazing i mean i I just took a lot of stuff for granted like but there's so much stuff new stuff that you learn 
And that's the experience. And that's what every single listener, if they get a chance to go to Cuba and they're mm-hmm. lucky enough to go to a factory and take a tour, go for it. Do sure. it. You'll learn yeah. so much. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say, you realize just how tenuous this whole thing is. Right? Like, we're so lucky. We got to meet Danilo, Oscar. We think they obviously are doing a phenomenal job at El Legito. We obviously met folks at La Corona also doing an excellent job there. If the wrong leader were in charge of any of those operations, this whole thing falls never could apart. be so different. It never could. It could never have. It happened. falls apart real quick. Quick, yeah. I, like you just. I have such a new appreciation for how tenuous this whole thing is. Like it's hanging on by just a few threads, individuals who have really made this spectacular and who have made the product that we consume so enjoyable. And if you know, that weren't the case, we could be having a very different experience sure. and, and and never be able to appreciate these cigars in the way that we do now. So yeah. um, even that, it, it's just, it's special. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Yes. So that's it on Legito. We had an amazing experience. And we had an amazing night tonight. So we had the Santiago 20. Amazing. I can't did, wait did to we, do... Did we rate? No. no, we're about to. I can't wait We're for almost two hours in, and we're about to, we're yeah. about to rate hey, it. Listen, why don't we keep it simple and call it 10-10? 10-10 <laughs> wins. Well, no. No, 10, no, 10 no, 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 no. We have to do our rating. And Absolutely. The, and the cigar, too. I yeah. Mean, this Ramon Tremendous. has been an amazing finish on the Ramon. And I got to say, so we're, what, about an hour 45 into the pod. Is that I, all? Yeah, but I, I, I feel like that cigar lasted... For the length of it, five and a half, it yeah. lasted way longer Cheers. than yeah. I expected it to. Like we smoked it pretty slowly. Maybe it so was because dumb. of the the density of it. Well, I, I don't know. But honestly, was, it's delicious to the very end. It, I smoked it all the way down, and that's rare to see yep. in Senator's hand. Yep. It's Same delicious here, yeah. to the end, and the buelo is uh, just lighting up a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the abuelo middle finger comes out. <laughs> All you motherfuckers will get there one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that Ted Bob. No, no, no. So Ted. You know what? I, I've shifted my abuelo moniker on him. El Jefe. Oh, El Jefe. No, El Jefe. No doubt about it. Ball, El Jefe. Baller, connoisseur, corner, everything over there. That, that man. Rooster. Thank you, Ben. You're my man. <laughs> High praise, baby. All right. All right. So let's do the formal liquor rating on the Santiago 20. Bam, bam, you're up. No, it's it's a clearly a ten. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Do nothing, I have to do I have to pull out the calculator for this? Nothing else said. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Pagoda, you're up. R- regardless, ten. let's regardless keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. So the cost it's it's an expensive. It's one hundred sixty bucks. But the experience well, that you get is really unparalleled. For a rum, I, I'll tell you, I'm not even a rum drinker. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's really special. Just yeah, do it. Sure. Rum, if you sure. can get it, if you can buy it, yeah, but you'll yep. love it, Senator. So we didn't talk about the rum as much as we probably should have. So I want to say true. a little bit about this. Yeah. Okay. Santiago 20 is the smoothest rum I've ever had, period. Nothing is close. The viscosity that it has, the complexity of the flavors. Um, it's, it's got great legs. It's got great legs. Yeah. It's sweet, but not too sweet. Just right, I think probably the perfect balance. Use a little on the sweet side, but still really, really well balanced. Um, there's nothing like it. I, I mean, it's like I don't understand why other rums don't 
drink like this or try to at, yeah or try to emulate right right that yeah. that process but they, they might but it's because of added sugar yeah sure which yeah. this doesn't but, have but they don't that's the problem i have that's the funny thing right so i think of like i've been gifted um uh ron zacapa xo that's like all it's like a 200 bottle of rum mm. but it even with all the additives it doesn't drink anything like this right so, uh, man, it's such a special spirit. It's absolutely a 10. I wish it were really easily accessible in the States. I would buy sure. this. Uh, in, I wish it was. By the caseload. Yeah. But um, if we haven't convinced a listener to visit Cuba for the cigars, if you drink rum, this alone is worth pursuing there. 100%. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. This was the first drink, I think Rooster mentioned, the first drink that we had in Cuba. Yeah. That's true. Melia Cohiba. Yeah. Cohiba. Yeah. And I was sitting there as if I had died and went to heaven. I'm like, <laughs> what a great way to start. How, it how really could is. it get how could this trip get any better? I'm like, this and, is absurd. And that was after being up since 4 a.m. <laughs> to get yeah. to the airport. That's yeah. true. Right? Yeah. It was a long day. All right. So Senator, what's your rating? Ten. It's a ten for me, boys. Great. Absolutely a ten point zero. Excellent. For the Santiago de Cuba. Twenty years. Amazing, amazing rum. Amazing. And even at 160 bucks to get a 10 at 160 dollars, it's that's difficult. That, that says something. Yeah, yeah. Because we do listen. Whatever the any lizard here says, we do factor in value. And even at 160 bucks, this is an absolute 10.0, if not more. Sure. Perfect. Perfect rum. Agreed. We do like I think of other spirits that we've rated at 10. I mean, like Remy Martin XO. That's a 200 dollar bottle. 220 yeah. some places. Yeah. At 160 dollars, this drinks. With this holds its weight with any top shelf high end spirit, any spirit, whether it's a single malt scotch, a bourbon, 100%. yeah, a cognac, anything. Yeah, and you, you've got to remember as a listener, right? Like when a spirit is that expensive, we are a little more harsher towards the ratings. That's true. So when we go and rate it at ten after it being that expensive. Is definitely worth a try if you can. Yeah, it says so much about it. Yeah, it's true. 100%. Good point. Are you guys ready to do the uh, formal lizard rating? Yes, sir. On the Ramon Aonis, Aonis number two, EL. Rooster, you're up. So good. So good. Yeah. The cigar has really changed. Yeah. I mean, it would have gotten like a six when we initially tried it in 2020. But this cigar is a 10 now. Wow. Wow. It's wow. A, it's a 10. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I completely agree. Th this is one of the best ELs, regionals, Cuban cigars I've had. It's one of the best ELs I think I've ever had. I think it's, it's the like, best like EL may, I've ever maybe had. Like, so we mentioned this earlier. It's the best EL we've ever recorded on this 100%. podcast. There's no most, doubt about that. Stuff. On they're, the podcast, they're going, no they're doubt. going further. I'm going further yeah. than that. It's the best EL it, I've ever had. Ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely a 10 for me. Great. No question. Senator? This warms my heart only because I gave this cigar to Gizmo for his birthday two years ago. Yeah. So this is a man smoking it on his birthday. Now. On his birthday now, yeah. wow! And this yeah. is a man who has everything. 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 This That's is not like true. Almost everything, right? This is one of the few cigars he didn't have that I was like <laughs> scouring my humor, like fuck. Oh, well, Lucy, he's got that. Oh, this, he's got that. This was one of the few things. So I am so happy. Like your score alone has made this night for me. Awesome. Because the fact that I can give you something that you enjoyed that much—that's awesome. Amazing. Um, I'm also going to give it a 10. I mean, when I had this the other day, wow, that was a nine. 
I don't know how or what, or this cigar knew we were, it was going to be on the big stage and this was the time to prove that it was worth it. This is a 10. I mean, it was all the way through mm -hmm. down to the nub. Perfect. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. And you talk about the price point, even at what it's going now, 50 something bucks a stick, like the fact that this lasted this long, that this almost provided two hours of flawless enjoyment. It's flawless. It's worth it. I mean, that's like, you know, two sticks that would smoke an hour a piece or even 45 minutes. And, and you divide that, right? That's 20 something bucks a stick. Even the value for what it's going for right now, I think is worth it. And the fact that we're giving this a 10 now, I mean, it can only get better with another year or two of age. I think this with age is going to get, wow. it, it's going to be even better. We shall see. Absolutely. Pagoda. You're 100% right. Pagoda. It's very simple. It's a 10. <laughs> wow. Bam, bam. So I hate to be. <clears throat> <laughs> that was uh, that was Rooster exerting so, his. Uh... So you can all see that I'm smoking this down to the nub. My fingers are burning. It is probably one of the most delicious cigars I've ever had. Keep going. I, keep going. I'm taking notes. But $50 a cigar. Hmm. So there's there's a value question that some people will have. Now, in this room, you know, you. I'm not a procurement expert. You guys can get access to cigars that most people in the world can't. <laughs> oh, Are no, we no. really doing this I'm on just my birthday? Saying, come on. We're here's doing this on my come birthday. On. Hold on. I got a question. We're doing this on my no. birthday. Okay. Here's a general we question. We went through the accountability hours. Yes, I've been through all that. Yes. Like four hours. Okay. Plural. How attainable is this cigar? Very. If you want it, you can find it. Right now, I can get sure. this cigar? Yes. Do you know why you can find it, Bam? Because people like me bought this when it first came out, and then you couldn't find it. That's when everyone bought it. And then they smoked it right away, yeah. and they said, oh, this isn't that great. And then they said, I want to move it, because they weren't patient, and they didn't wait for the moment okay. that we're having tonight. So, so here's you what can I'm gonna, find it. Here's what I'm going to say. So because of the price, I'm fluctuating between a 9 and a 10. It's the only issue that I have. It's is, is bird, Is the cost. <laughs> Ray, but, Ray, hold I paid no, let 30 me something a stick. Can I finish? Let me finish. Go ahead. Because of the time that Senator put in, he kept these. Rooster, you have the boxes of this as well. You know, I have to give it a 10, but the value proposition, it's difficult for a lot of people to go after this cigar. I, I'm giving it a 10. You got a 10, but it's expensive. $50 here's, a cigar is quite, quite the investment for a lot of people. So we just talked about Legito for a while, yeah. right? Cohiba coming out of there, the lowest price Cohiba is $10 more than this. I mean, maybe you get a single one. Yeah, sixty-five whatever. bucks is like Which your is entry a tiny point. Stick. I mean, you're talking about. I'm, let's so let's discount single one, single two, and Exquisito. Right? Forget Go for about a Cohiba it. Robusto. It's about yeah. sixty bucks. Sixty stick. bucks. Yeah, sixty-six. So that's what I said. Sixty-five is like your barrier of entry for Cohiba, yeah. and it's nowhere close to this one. Honestly, yeah. it's not. Yeah, nowhere close to this. Yeah, so I think a ten. Uh, I'm uh, okay. I'm giving it a ten. <laughs> Done. I respect your score, but what I'm saying is that this cigar. I'm, as um, we smoked it tonight, yeah, it, it, it it's tremendous. It's, it's, I'm couching it a bit, but it's a ten. Yeah, it's a ten. A hundred percent is. I'm glad you gave it a ten because yeah, I would have been about a riot. to not share any more cigars <laughs> with you if you get any lower. <laughs> My man. <laughs> well, you know, Bam can't procure anything. <laughs> <laughs> he, the Lucy cabin, his tower just appeared. It uh, did. I'm he, learning. He, I'm learning. Okay. I'm learning. Thank you. Thank you. Well, boys, what a fantastic night. It really First is. First off, thank you for the champagne and the cake. And the cigars, Senator. And the cigars from Senator. Yep. What an excellent, 
excellent pairing. A 10.0. This is the first time ever a 10.0 for both the Santiago del Cuba rum, uh, 20-year rum, and the Ramon Ionis 2019 EL uh, Ionis number two. What a luxury experience we had tonight. Absolutely. And yeah. and to be able to share with the listeners our experience at Leguito, yeah. hopefully the first of many, what an excellent way to share that experience. Tremendous night. Yeah. I mean, can a, can a listener actually go to the Leguito factory? It's so difficult. I, I was thinking that. You know, it's going to be challenging, but you've got to make an effort. He'll have to but, go to Cuba first. But I'll tell you, going to Cuba, going to Leguito is great. But going to Cuba is not defined by our experience at these factories. No, which it's is not. why, by the way, two episodes ago, we started with your first visits, our second, going to Cuba. It had nothing to do with cigars. No. Because the value coming home, really, the cigars elevated, sure. Going to Leguito, sure. Having the experience we did was great. But it it, it it's absolutely defined by the experience we had with the Cuban people. And immersing that, yourself in that culture is really critical. 100%. That, that's the that's the operative point here. Yeah. Right. The You're immersion. not going to Legido leaving with stuff. Yeah, You're we didn't going walk away with cars. Anything. Not a single one, yeah. The value of going to Legido is the knowledge. Yep. And thanks to Danilo, we've been able to gain that and share that. Yep. And so if I'm a listener, you know, I don't necessarily have to go to Legido to define my Cuba experience. All the other reasons that we've enumerated in a prior episode where we talked about the magic of Cuba, that's why you go to Cuba. Exactly. This is just to enhance that experience by getting knowledge that I hope we have shared sufficiently with listeners that they feel that they now know exactly what Danilo would want the world to know about what happens at Legido. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And and for us, it's, it, it was an education that we're able to share with everyone. Sure. You know, it's like... Well, we if, learned we learned if, a tremendous if, amount. If we're well. never able to access Legito again, I, I'm fulfilled. Yeah. That's Every right. time we go to, uh, to Cuba, I'm fulfilled. Right. I'm good. Right. In because, the same way I said earlier, if someone had the same experience we did and shared this with the world, I wouldn't need to go there. Exactly. But it didn't exist. That's why we did it. Yeah. And I'm so glad we did. And I'm so glad we were able to do it together. So. All right, boys. A fantastic night. A 10.0 for both the rum and the cigar tonight. Phenomenal. Gizmo, how would you rate your birthday? (laughs) 11.0. There you go. That's what we want to hear. My man. Yeah. Thank you, boys. My man. I appreciate you all. I love you all. Love you. Thank you, guys. All right. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week.